0: Everybody, and welcome to a new episode of the Midmax Show, a place about games, friends, and getting better. I am Ben Hansen, joined by Kyle Hilliard. Hey. Hi, hey, uh Janet Garcia. Hey. And special guest, Joe Juba. Yes, hello. Welcome to the podcaster, sir. How you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we couldn't not have you on we're talking about god of war ragnarok for christ's sake this whole thing is actually happening we actually have things to talk about here because we're recording live because we just got done watching the big playstation showcase which if you didn't watch you should go through and look at some trailers for this thing because it was pretty fantastic so we're going to recap it was e3 it was e3 (laughs) E3 in september
1: i feel like that i feel like that's right though i mean not to not to get too far ahead of ourselves but I don't know if it was like totally on the same level of an E three press conference, but it's like if you condense a press conference down to forty minutes or so, yeah. like it was it was pretty close to that caliber. It was it was good stuff. It was fantastic. I don't think it's even pretty close. I think they nailed it.
2: I think Kotor. Like that, you know what I mean? Like yeah. That, would have, that would have been a huge E3 announcement, you know? Instead,
0: Jason Schreier just has to talk about it in some interview at MinMax and
2: completely ruin
0: the surprise for everybody. But look, we'll get into all that stuff. There's a lot to recap. Uh, we're going to talk about all that good stuff. Uh, Kyle, if there's time, we're going to talk about what's on the tip of everybody's tongue, the Virtual Boy. <laughs> Finally. Um,
2: Very yes. random.
0: And then hopefully uh, the Artful Escape, a little bit of time in there for that as well. And then back after the show, I we have some,
2: some uh, Fist, too. Let's throw that on the pile.
0: Okay, hang on. Fist. Only if you can tell me what is after the subtitle in that.
2: Oh, no. (laughs) Shadows
0: (laughs) of the... Shadow
3: Forged?
0: Shadow Forged Torches. Anyways, we'll talk about... Shadow Torch? I think that sounds right. We'll talk about all that good stuff on this episode of the podcast, but before we get to any of that stuff, we're going to kick things off with a little thing that we like to call uh, the Community... Kickoff, we're taking one question and bringing it up to the top of the show. This, Joe Juba, is from Doreen Clyer, who says, Hey, fall is almost, uh, hang on. Sorry, I was doing my Doreen impersonation and then stumbled over my words. Uh, Fall is almost upon us, and summer is slowly coming to an end. What's y'all's favorite game and season? Is there one that tends to have games you enjoy more than others? (sighs) Classic questions, Doreen. Joe, you're our guest of honor. Kick it off, dude. And then everybody else, feel free to jump in and disagree with him as quickly as possible.
1: Oh yeah, just shoot me as right usual. down. No, yep. but but really I think that there's a correct answer to that. And yep. that's my answer. And the answer is <laughs> fall. Because I mean, like, well, a, like Joe's really, also a I person think... who thinks the Mass Effect trilogy is one game. So, <laughs> uh, let's, <laughs>
0: let's <slow down. laughs> Long history of being wrong about many things, Joe Juba. But the fall, you <laughs> may you may
1: plead your case, sir. Well no, okay, so like I I have a lot of like personal experiences and like nostalgic connection and stuff to gaming in the fall. But I think if you zoom out of from me specifically, like fall is just when the biggest stuff always hits. Like I think for most people you're going to have the highest concentration of games that you're excited about in you know, the the pre holiday months. That's
0: right? the old standard. But I think for I think you should combine like win gamens at its best. And in my mind, that's like a good Minnesota winter. Janet, I'd imagine it's a lot like the Chicago winter, right? And like nothing better than playing a good JRPG. Yeah, just sitting huddled. I have a beautiful quilt on my couch back here that I can bundle myself up in and just play some long games when there's no pressure to go outside ever again. Like I know you can catch up on a lot of the fall games in the winter. Plus, if I may uh, vouch even further for winter, this January is stupid packed for games. So I think specifically this January is going to be the best time for gaming.
3: I feel like taking even though January and February, I guess, are part of winter in terms of like it's cold as hell. Yeah. It's like to me, that's like beginning of the year. Like if I'm thinking gaming seasons, like I mostly use human seasons, but I think of more <laughs> like the waves. Like there's all the regular seasons, but for me, January and February are like beginning of the year. Like it's no longer winter, it's just mm. like beginning of the year, which is normally very like slow and kind of like empty. Yeah, that's different oh, this, year, this that's some oh, year.
0: That's some California are- talk, Janet.
1: So when you talk about human seasons, are there not four (laughs) human seasons? There are five.
3: I took like I removed the part of winter and I replaced it with like blank beginning of year where you're like cleaning up for me. Like I think fall is the easy answer, but I'm going to zag and go with like kind of the time we're now because I think this is like the ramp up season. It right. is like the, you know, the rising, if you are thinking of like conventional narrative structure, it is the rising action to the <laughs> fall, which is like the climax of games. Right. The falling action, of course, is winter. Like every, everyone knows this, right? Um, so I like this kind of time because I still have the optimism of, oh no, no, I'm gonna be ready for award season. I'm gonna know a lot. I'm, you know, right. I still have fooled myself into thinking I can do it all. And I'm trying to like quickly, you know, shove everything on my plate before like the fall (laughs) massive dessert buffet comes and I just gorge myself and then pass out and then I wake up in March.
0: Honestly, I feel like today is the tipping point because right now for me, it's like I should play more Returnal and I'm only... A little over halfway through Resident Evil 8. I feel bad about that. And then today, it's just like, game over, dude. You're so screwed. Because we have WarioWare Get It Together coming out on Friday. Tales of Arise is getting shockingly good reviews. So I'm looking forward to checking that out. Life is Strange is apparently good. You have Deathloop coming next week. Uh, Fist. Shadows of the Torch Forged is out now. Like there's so many games that have really snuck up and blah, now it's just there's there's no escape. And now we all have to get swept away until the mad scramble ends when the new year begins, I guess.
1: Two quick things. Yeah. It's easy to remember Fist, Hansen, because it's what the subtitle is, the letters in order. Forged in Shadow Torch, F-I-S-T. Smart, smart. God,
0: game is so
3: smart.
1: Oh. Oh, that I have no idea.
0: Kyle find out from
3: Kyle Kyle knows, right? That's like the whole game.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. <But> the, uh... <laughs> I I know I remember back in the in the GI days, there always was that sort of like a tipping point, a point of no return somewhere in September where you had to stop fooling yourself that you would catch up on any of the games that you meant to catch up on for any end of year stuff. Yes. Up to that point. And like there's always that point in September where you just it's almost like, you know, it's almost like you're you're a big locomotive and you just have to cut the cars behind you so you can maintain <laughs> speed and keep going forward. Like, ah! Yeah,
0: it's exactly that. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of which, uh, Joe, are you, are uh, you cutting the car for tales of arise as a JRPG fan? I, I don't think I've ever heard you talk about the Tales series, but like this thing's reviewing well. And I don't know if it's just the hardcore tales fans, but like, I love tales of destiny one and two and symphonia. And I haven't really dove in
1: since, but are you going to be on board for this one? You know, I'm not sure. I feel the same way about it that I felt about Scarlet Nexus, and I never played Scarlet Nexus. Okay. So like I mean, so like I, but I still feel like I'm at that sort of like 50-50 point. I could check it out. I've never been uh like a devout fan of the Tales series, but like I did yeah. enjoy Symphonia. um played a little of Vesperia and enjoyed that. So, right, like, right. You know.
0: Okay. It has a chance. Um yeah. all right, we should dive into the whole kit and caboodle the whole meat and potatoes the whole cookies and cream the Abbott and costello the playstation showcase 2021
2: no more please that's
3: what i was thinking too i'm glad someone said it Uh, i need like four more examples to really dive in
0: the laurel and hardy the salt and Peppa, the the, jack and daxter (laughs) and the ratchet and clank that's right everybody the playstation showcase 2021 a lot of hype building for this one i feel like the entire internet was rumbling with this is the real deal this is going to be good and it basically <laughs> lived up to that hype you had big reveals for things we already knew surprises that could not be more at a the field some real humdingers we can unpack here kyle they started the show with it we should probably start our show with it yeah kotor that was a big one for you
2: um well okay. I, I it's a big for me because I never played the original. Ooh, and perfect. I, oh. It, that means it's oh like my God. It's, I think I bought it on iPad and that was the closest I got to like <laughs> it. <laughs> like, oh, I could play this on the go. Never played it. This this is a chance where I will actually play it, and that's why it's exciting for me.
1: I'm really interested about that too, because in the in the sort of post-show discussion about it, they talked to someone from Aspire, yeah, who's the studio developing this and they sort of gave that line because this is a remake and they gave the line that sort of we want to stay true to the story that everyone likes. But this is also a chance to, you know, rebuild from the ground up. So that's it's like that. That sounds clear, but that's still like such muddy water because you're dealing with the like, OK, are they going to just try and like, like how close to the original mechanics are they staying? That's some like that's some outdated kind of D&D <laughs> turn-based action stuff going on there yeah I, mean, I i enjoyed but i don't know how well that would translate to a modern things so like i am really curious beyond the visual like point to see how they actually like, translate the gameplay here to a new game i would imagine they're going to be
0: removing any semblance of like the okay do your attacks queue them up they have them in the bar on the top i think it's just going to be an action rpg at this point right
2: i'm sure it seems like it's a a seven remake approach kind of not identical obviously but
0: yeah and obviously not with that production budget and stuff but the fact that there's a lot of former bioware talent here at Spear, aspire Aspire? um whatever it is i'd imagine they would take kind of a more action focused bioware approach to this thing uh people in the chat we're watching live were wondering like i wonder if they would make it canon now if they would like rework the story to such an extent that it'll fit outside of the star Wars legends territory, which I guess is where KOTOR exists now. And with Disney being involved this much, could they shoehorn it in so that technically it's canon? I don't know how much new Disney lore has stepped on old Republic territory, but Joe, I know you don't care about that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Sorry. If my sort of disdain is is showing through, it's but a but it, it's like, well, on, on, on some level though, it's like there was some of the best star Wars stories that like fans have loved for years and years have never been officially canon. The, the Timothy Zahn book trilogy was never like, this is really what happened everyone. Right. 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 I don't think so so, anyway. Anyway, the the point being is that like canon or not like that, that's sort of an arbitrary distinction that doesn't really interfere with your ability to uh, appreciate the story or enjoy how it connects to the wider universe. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I, I am super looking forward to this. I remember it feels like a a thousand years ago uh, in an old Republic, maybe. But I remember finishing Knights of the Old Republic on the original Xbox and confidently thinking, this is my third favorite game of all time. <laughs> like, queuing it up right there. And I feel like over time, I've just kind of forgotten how much I love that game and how much of an impact it had on me. And look, Kyle, I'm not proud of it. I also bought it on my stupid iPhone and tried starting it up again. Did not enjoy the experience. But if they can recapture some of that magic, I, I will be over the moon. At the same time, it's like... I wonder how much kind of Mass Effect kind of upped almost everything I loved about KOTOR. Obviously, except for like the Star Wars license stuff, but just the idea of, oh, big decisions and these huge swings and being evil and all that stuff. Like, it'll be interesting to go back to it. But it's cool to see it's Star Wars game not from EA. Like, they passed that license. This is a new era. And they say it's remade for the PS5. A little unclear if it's coming to anything else or exactly what that means in the age of cagey wording.
3: It's a launch uh, exclusive, launch console exclusive, but is it's also right? on PC. So the implication there is that, like, if someone's cutting the check, like, who's to say where else it goes? But at least that launch for console would be on PS5 okay. only.
0: Thank you, Janet.
1: Which is, which is interesting because it was Xbox exclusive when, it, when the original KOTOR launched back in, like, 2003. Right, right. It was only on Xbox. Yeah, wow. so. which mm. is
0: similar trajectory, Kyle, to your beloved Alan Wake. That game's getting remastered and they had a big bullet point in the thing like Alan Wake on PlayStation for the first time. Soak it in, everybody.
2: Is that doing yeah, it for you? I, I think I'll replay Alan Wake. but uh, remaster. Yeah, because it's that game's great. I love that game. I that's like that was like one of my first uh getting into games journalism and stuff like i got an early copy of Alan wake to write about it and that was like the first game i ever got early so it's like it's special to me for that reason that's but sweet. i also just genuinely love it like it's just a great remedy is awesome and that's one of their better games like i think it might be my favorite remedy game really even ahead of control interesting what? that's hmm. a that's a bold yeah, move man I think so um, I'm interested yeah.
3: to play it as someone that loved Control, because I didn't play Alan Wake, and I believe it either is still or was on Game Pass for a time, and I just didn't get around to it when it was on Game Pass, and this is nice because from, like, the, what I hear from people that go back and play Alan Wake is that, oh, it's, it's still pretty good, like, it ages pretty well, but some elements are maybe a little cumbersome, and then, uh, without spoilers, because I don't even know how it ends, but some people have beefs with, like, how it pans out, but... That's fine. Like, I'm just interested in stuff that's like in that world, and I think it's funny the mention of like on PS5 for the first time because Control like has Alan Wake tie-ins and Alan Wake DLC, and it is kind of odd like having all that stuff, and then it's like, oh, but like we don't have we don't have Alan Wake, Um, so it's nice to kind of maybe tie that all together. Um, So yeah, I'll definitely check it out.
2: Yeah, yeah. They should have they they should market it like. Sort of technically a prequel to Control, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kyle, you need to... We're g- not technically
0: wrong when it's, we say those you words say, out loud.
1: You say the, the first game in the Control universe Smart. or something. that. See?
0: Yeah, call yeah. it Control Zero. Yeah, they got a lot of options here I think they could go for. But it's published you know, by... Oh, yeah, Joe. Well,
1: just, like, I'm not here to rain on anyone's parade, because like, I played and enjoyed Alan Wake back when it came out. But it also feels to me like... I think that is probably one of the most overrated games that people that gets talked about a lot, you know, like, like, I thought it it was good. Like, it was good. It was a fine game. But at this point, this many years on, I'm I'm a little bit flabbergasted that it's so often brought up as such a great game, you know?
0: Yeah, I still just can't get over the fact that there's like a Twilight Zone parody show in Alan Wake. But then I remember, Kyle, when we went to uh, Finland... Uh, and we're talking to Sam Link we asked him one of the interviews like what his favorite Twilight Zone episode was and he's like oh I don't like Twilight Zone I, I haven't really seen that many I was like what <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, people associate with Twilight Zone he's like I, I don't know i a
3: gamer know. over here now I know just...
0: he's a fake Twilight Zone fan I think he said something about like uh, the glasses one I was like Deep cut, dude, you really got it. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, that's my decent. Uh, but yeah, it's Just you should have
3: pretended to, to try to remember, like, what's that one? And then when you start describing it, yeah, 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 that's, right. that's my favorite. Yeah,
0: that should have been the classic Sam-like move. But yeah, the game is published by Epic as part of that whole deal. And Epic had another announcement during this show, which... It's, it was quietly and quickly one of the most surprising
2: things, which was... dude. What is it, Kyle? Can you explain what I saw? I, I, well, so they recent, Radiohead recently announced that they're releasing a bunch of extra tracks that they never published from Kid A and Amnesiac. Oh. Uh, Kid A, like seriously, one of my favorite albums of all time. Like a it's huge really impact on, on like what I think of music and how music affects me. Like listening to that on a, a disc man with headphones in high school like changed the way I think of music. Like I'm not even exaggerating. So uh. when those when that like those that music started i was like i was like what is this this is exciting this is really cool so like and and they don't talk about it a lot but radiohead has like really good taste in video games like they were what? talking about ico like like years and years and years ago before is it was that? like became this like sort of indie hit you know what i mean Janet, are you saying that's not cool or hip enough to talk about ico or ico
0: I
3: just feel like is that a is that a sign that you have good taste in games? I think it's very debatable. What are
0: you I, talking I, I about?
3: Love it.
2: I adore Ico, and I remember reading an interview with the guitarist like like years ago. Like Ico had not even broken out to be; it was still like very much an underground thing, you know that like yeah. only hipsters knew about. And to have that, they had a list of their favorite games, and to see Ico on there, I was like, well, oh, these guys actually like are into sort of artsy video games. Like, it's more yeah, than just, more like, a deep you know, we play design. Madden on the tour bus kind of thing, you know? <laughs> I yes, hear you. I'll give you that. Yeah, I mean, but... but um, Yeah, I, for, as far as what it is exactly, I don't really know. <laughs> <laughs> it's an, <laughs> I think it's probably this, like, space... This space we listen to that, that, that whole preamble
1: for nothing!
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, that's kind but of, I think I it's going like to be an opportunity to listen experience. to those...
2: It, it's going to be an opportunity to listen to those unreleased tracks, right? there will be the album release... Which is like B sides and combinations and stuff like that, and then this will be sort of a an interactive version of that album, I think. You know,
3: yeah. So is it, it a game so, in some ways? Like, you can you can I like pick up? I don't think up, so. Like, am I just what's happening? Am I watching it? Like, I was really confused on what it was. I think they called like
1: it Wonder Book. I think.
3: Yeah, they
0: called it an exhibition. I bet it's just going to be like, you know, maybe uh, Radiohead. Was too cool for Fortnite, so like, okay, well, let's just make like one of those I little was Fortnite that installations. Too, like, yeah, let's just make it like Tom a York separate. Tom York
3: dropping thing. in, you know? Just... <laughs> I'm going to play as pay. the paranoid
2: android. Ooh, I would buy some Tom York DLC. I'd play as Tom York. Oh boy, right? like,
3: oh, I just would. that to, dour-looking, feel...
2: skinny man running around with
3: yeah. a gun? <laughs> but, cool. I, the the can you imagine like the emo being like? Remember that dance he did to like a Lotus Flot? Was it Lotus Flower? Was that the name of the song? The Black yes. and White kind of choreography, (laughs) like if that was the emote,
0: (laughs) I would drop some
3: coin on that for sure.
0: (laughs) Uh, Janet, what do you want to talk about? What's your your biggest uh, surprise uh, for the entire PlayStation Showcase? Uh,
3: I think my biggest surprise is Spider-Man 2. uh, Having any nod, because that was my swing for the fences prediction that I made on like Kind of Funny's PS I Love You, and everyone's like, you're crazy, they're not going to do it, they just made something, and I'm like, well, they... I don't know what's going on at the studio because I'm not there, but they're pumping out content like crazy. I don't know. They just do it. They just do it.
0: I think it's some sort of like secret black hole where it looks like Insomniac only has like 300 to 400 employees. But based on this output, I think they might have three to 4,000 because, yeah, they are they so far they're their most prolific developer of the generation. It doesn't look like it's stopping. So, yeah, I mean, this was a huge
2: surprise. Well, they do have two studios and they two coasts, right? But that's the part
0: that's really Which confusing is, like, is yeah. like thinking about, okay, so are they not going to make Ratchet and Clank now? And maybe the Ratchet and Clank team can work on Spider-Man 2 or are they going to be a three-game studio at this point where the Miles Morales team is going to be now working on the other title that we haven't mentioned yet and then the old Spider-Man team? Because I'd imagine that Spider-Man 2 is what Brian Intihar went to go work on after finishing the first one. So I'd imagine he took the leads from that team for this. Have they confirmed
1: that there's a follow-up to Rift Apart in the works already?
0: No, no, but at the same time, they said that it's the like, best-selling ins- Ratchet and Clank, so it'd be tough to put
1: down, right? Man, I don't know. They 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 shelf Ratchet and Clank regularly. I think that I think that's a series that is well, well served to sort of like come back and Uh, like in blips, right? Not a continuous line.
0: Yeah, I guess so. They took a a pretty big gap. But regardless, Spider-Man 2, I think it's a great name. I'm always a fan. Just call it 2. Just call it Destiny 2. It's such a relief. Call it XCOM 2. It's just no cutesy title needed. Looks like co-op. They got Miles and well, there are and two Peter. of them. So that makes sense. It does take two, it takes two. <laughs> um, yes, Ben. Yes, then it, they have a mystery voice calling from the shadows. It sounds like maybe Craven the Hunter, about like, uh, I've been looking for one of you, one of you little rascals or something. And then uh,
1: transitions. That's, a, that's an excellent Russian accent you have there, Ben. <laughs>
0: Thank you. It's more of an accent enveloping the entire hemisphere. It's a lot. But then. I
1: liked your Doreen better.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But then uh, they also reveal Venom, which they teased at the end. Sorry, spoilers, I guess. But this trailer also spoiled it uh, of Spider-Man 2018. And now it looks like this thing is actually happening. Kyle, regale me. What what stood out to you
2: for Spider-Man 2 in the trailer there? Uh, It's pretty dark pretty dark Uh, in tone and to the point where it was like zooming in on the alleyway and i really expected a gag to happen with like a tiny (laughs) little character or something i was like oh no no no, it's big scary venom that's that's okay so it seems like it's going much darker you know what i mean spider-man had its dark moments but i mean overall it's a pretty light game you know
0: yeah yeah that is true i guess if you're telling the venom story i guess naturally has to get a little bit darker like I, there's a lot of things that i guess maybe we won't reveal about like you know who has who is underneath the venom suit the venom symbiote and everything like that like it's going to be really interesting just I think
3: more just, venom yeah it's, it's Venom all the way down double
0: all venom. the <laughs> way down i think <laughs> yeah. Venom's it's all story. the
1: way down yeah yeah, yeah. it's just I do, all I the
3: think... molecules falling apart
2: i mean i think that they they proved with that first game that they're Totally happy to mess with Spider Man lore in unexpected ways. Right. Like character, you know, like characters and things that are usually like locked in place for the Spider Man stories, like they didn't, they did whatever they wanted with to the point where I'm like, I wonder if Venom has taken over Craven and this is like a Craven Venom combo just to like do something weird and unique you know
1: well it seemed like there were uh, already which is
2: go- something that kind of teased at the end of the first game but not quite in that direction it's it's weird to talk around spoilers yeah but. so maybe the symbiote will be like jumping between
0: different villains that would be a really weird cool. idea but i Get guess venom that's... designs of all the the big
2: the big the big bads and stuff like that yeah
0: yeah uh they also revealed that it's coming 2023 so good god hold on everybody it's going to be a long ride before we learn anything more about spider-man 2 but
3: I will say, too, like, because uh, also from that same blog post, it is described as a single player adventure. So I don't know oh, if really? there would be like a co-op element or if there's just you play as multiple people. I mean, we definitely have seen that like in the first Spider-Man game, like that could be sort of one of their core like design components to just toss you around multiple characters potentially. But yes, it is described as the most epic single player adventure Coming exclusively to the PlayStation 5.
0: That's really wild that they would have Miles so front and center in that and they're like doing combo moves and stuff together. But yeah, maybe it's just going to be like a big assist like component or something. That's really wild. Huh. I mean,
3: God of War is kind of in that structure too. In right. a, in a way. I, I get that, you know, Atreus or Atreus. I never, I never remember how to pronounce the Atreus, name. Like it's yeah. a different, it's more of like a like a partnered, like almost like a button. Like, yeah, it's like a really elaborate button, but you know, maybe you could have that kind of structure.
0: There you go, Miles. You're a really elaborate button. Congratulations, (laughs) little buddy. Um, Yeah. The the greatest, uh, most sacrilegious part of this entire stream was Sid Schumann, dear friend of the show in that post stream recap thing, calling the studio insom. Repeatedly calling it insom, <laughs> what is this? Just call it insom. Time make time. insom time. happen? It was disgusting. I never want to hear it again. Ugh! It's like when you hear Sony employees—they call it TLOU for Last of Us. It's like, don't call it TLOU. No one else outside of Sony is going to do that. Stop it. Anyways, hey, uh, there's other stuff they announced. I guess we should keep this whole train rolling because they also announced what for me was the biggest surprise of the whole show. I don't know how the hell this did not leak, but. They opened up with, hey, Marvel, Insomniac. Everybody thought this was going to be the Spider-Man 2 trailer. And then it's a bar. And it's confusing about, what is this person sitting at a bar with bloody knuckles? Is this going to be the villain for Spider-Man 2? And then but walk us through, man.
1: Frame by frame, what happened? And then the black Venom suit overcame his body. <laughs> yeah. and he's, it was really cool. Uh, yeah, no, those claws came out, man. Yeah, that was Wolverine. So... Which, I mean, you knew that, right? As soon as, well, maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm just making myself it to be real smart. But as soon <laughs> as they showed some big hairy arm leaning on a bar, I'm like, oh, they're making a Wolverine game.
2: I did not realize that. Well, I oh. I thought that I thought was, was like, oh, Wolverine's going to be in Spider-Man.
3: I thought that too. I was like, oh, like, where's Spider-Man? And then Spider-Man didn't show up. And I was like, never mind. And then he did show up later. And that's why I was surprised.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean- In a different
0: game. Yes. Yeah. There's nothing they really- Confirm more about this, although Janet, you're on top of it. Did they post something on the blog with any more details on Wolverine? You're welcome to, to cruise it while we're trying to recap everything here on the fly. Yeah, Mostly I, I want don't to think just, so. I just I want to know lot the of...
2: ESRB rating.
0: I mean, has was uh, this is the question was um resistance mature? Yeah, it was okay. So they have made mature games in the past, but yeah, if you're slicing and dicing yeah. as Wolverine, you would think that they'd have to go mature. It's kind of a tough thing, but I don't know if Marvel would be interested in making a mature game at this point either. Uh, But I mean, I know people were bummed out that technically the Avengers from Crystal Dynamics and uh, the Spider-Man from Insomniac were not in the same universe, but there's no way that they don't have Spider-Man at some point in the Wolverine game, right? As like just a tease or like Wolverine's gonna be watching TV and Spider-Man's on it. Like they're going to cross that Insomniac Marvel universe. No, Joe, you say no?
1: I feel like, like, isn't that, isn't that still in some weird legal limbo territory? No.
0: No, I think it's all Disney. I mean, look at, like...
2: No, I think Joe's right, because Spider-Man is Sony-owned, but Wolverine is, like, fair game for anybody, which maybe complicates things, you know?
1: I guess that's true. I mean, all I remember is there was some, like, special contractual exemption or something to even get Spider-Man in the Avengers stuff, and I know the X-Men stuff is even weirder than that well you know? so the x-men stuff was so, weirder that's what i thought you were talking about but you look at like you know
0: fraxis's game and wolverine's hanging out with iron man and everybody's buddy buddy but yeah i forgot about the weirdness about spider-man but i would i would hope that they realize the potential here and then the next spider-man game can be co-op not with miles morales which everybody wants but you can have wolverine and spider-man team
3: up now we're just dipping back into marvel's avengers and i, I don't want to yeah, dip you're back right.
2: In- <laughs> you're right it's
0: it's
3: honestly, circle. Dude,
2: I, I i do not want co-op any of this stuff yeah like i really don't like uh, actively like i want spider-man to be a single player game honestly
1: yeah i'm I'm actually really curious about what this wolverine game even is going to be because like it like in my mind the kind of game that a wolverine game is is such a ps2 era game yes maybe 360 ps3 yes right just the like third person action square square triangle square square triangle like mow through a bunch of dudes collect some Orbs and make your square square triangle stronger. And that's (laughs) like in my mind, that is the that is the boundary of where that game can go. So I am I am really excited, actually, to see even as not a particular fan of like comic book stuff. I'm excited to see what they do or do they take it in more of like a God of War kind of direction, a little more like visceral in that sense. I don't know. I
0: guess so. But yeah, it's weird when you would describe Wolverine as a brawler. But there's also no more outdated genre than just a brawler, especially like 3D brawler. But I guess, yeah, if you're looking for God of War for inspiration, yeah, there's a lot of questions. I mean, just like the mobility this is going to be such a huge step back for Insomniac and their and their games recently. I, I really know. hope that they're looking to that, someone... to that
1: Logan movie as inspiration for this one. Yeah. What do you got, Kyle?
2: I saw somebody calling out the, uh, there's like a cash register in the background that has like 1974 on it, oh. which some people are pointing to like maybe a reference to some element of Wolverine or Hulk or something. And I wonder if it takes place in like 1974. That like would be a really like cool way past, to differentiate you
0: know? it. Yeah. Yeah. That's smart. Yeah. I just, I cannot believe that this didn't leak. You got Jeff Grubb out there screaming about every game under the sun that's coming out in 2025. And this one, I did not hear a murmur about. It's really amazing. Um, Gran Turismo 7 was Mm. also shown. Looks great. You can take a photo of your pretty car. Everybody is uh, standing on the edge of their seats. No, I'm sure it'll be a a very, very good game. Just not the most exciting to to talk about naturally. I hope you understand. Um, Joe, what do you think about Forspoken, that Square Enix game?
1: Yeah, you know what? They're actually Forspoken and that Eve game, Project Eve, were, were weird. I mean, I'm not gonna. I I am uncertain about what the ultimate quality of those games is going to be, especially the Eve one. I'm I'm yeah. I, I wonder. But what I saw there had me really excited. The Project Eve one because it looks like a little bit of a mashup between like Bayonetta and Nier, Totally. Which, you know, like in terms of the world, the aesthetic, the combat, like the tone and all of that. Uh, so, you know, I, I really love the Bayonetta games and I find the near games. Very interesting. Uh, interesting. So, you know, like I'm politely I'm, dodged. I want to play that, but i uh, sorry. I didn't mean to hijack the, the forespoken conversation. No. But, well, no, re- no, before uh, we move on to forespoken Joe, is it a parasite Eve game
2: or is that so just me?
1: I like, I'm not sure. Right. I, because like there was they that were there was that line
2: parasites yeah, yeah they were
1: calling her name is eve and they were calling they were talking about someone parasiting or something but, so, but it's also like they didn't mention mitochondria at all which is like a huge parasite eve like whatever uh, 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 signal word right and that game was, just, the
2: original parasite eves i mean those are ostensibly turn based rpgs right i haven't played a lot of them
1: they they're different but they're okay. they're kind of they're kind of actiony, kind of I don't know, like Fallouty. Uh, anyway, okay. But so I, I I wasn't clear if it's actually part of the Parasite Eve franchise or not. But yeah, I, I, I don't. They're like, just cool like, I don't know. St- stylish action, strange world. I don't especially care about a connection, even if it's there, even to Parasite Eve. But
0: yeah, yeah. no, it definitely it looked interesting. Um, and we watched the stream with, uh, or I watched it with Sarah Podzorski streaming our reactions, and Sarah was fascinated by the suit and like the lighting coming off the suit, like the ray tracing off of her butt. They were really keen on showing you again and again and again for that Project Eve character. It was a lot.
1: And it's just like, and that is actually one of my reservations. Like, that's why yeah. I'm maybe not so excited. It's like, I know Bayonetta does that, but they sort of do it with like a tongue in cheek campy approach and this was just like look at this sexy butt yeah
0: please (laughs) buy project eve everybody um but yeah uh, it was shown at the beginning there a lot of questions about that still but this freaking forespoken game joe
1: yeah okay so i'm i'm someone who when it comes to playing rpgs if it gives me a choice to be uh, of a class i'm almost always the mage uh i tend to really enjoy that sort of like distance Spell focused combat. It usually involves some like elemental combinations and things like that. Yeah. But I think part, so that that's part of what has me so excited about Forspoken there is it seems like they are really looking at what makes spell casting interesting and fun. Like, like what part of that wizard fantasy do players want to experience? And it's not, um, you know, the spoiler is it's not just stay far away and repeatedly shoot fireballs, right? It's like mix, it's like mix a bunch of mobility, like mobility spells. It's not just rogues who can move really fast. And, you know, so it's like mixing up a pretty, what looks like a pretty extensive sort of spell book and a pretty broad range of like powers from like tiny little things to giant icicle bombs and things like that. I think that's like the repertoire uh of like the combat looks really broad
0: yeah and just the amount of effects that are flying around with each magic move combined with kyle's favorite thing where she's running super fast like the mobility seems cool in the world itself
2: uh i mean this was we can talk more about god of war soon but this was i mean just seeing more of this was my favorite thing it just looks so much fun to like leap and fly and swing and and it just The only, the one thing I was like, her, her dialogue's a little weird. I think I can, I, I think I can grow to like it. Like, once you get a better sense of who she is as a character, but in little snippets, it just seems like she's like being profane for the sake of being profane. But I mean, it doesn't matter, man. Like, just that, those shots of her like sprinting full speed and like leaping off a cliffside to like swing off a, branch jutting out of the side of the mountain that that looks incredible that's that's that was my favorite thing that they showed it was, looks so good
0: yeah watching it live the chat was definitely yeah. bouncing back and forth between oh my god this looks amazing and i wish you would not talk quite as much <laughs> which you know <laughs> normally you hear that from a certain corner of the internet but this is a time where it's like yeah i can see that like when they open the trailer with her being like i'm oh, a pretty big deal it's like, uh, What what is this tone that they're going for and she's got wacky bracelets talking to her what was that exactly
1: yeah, I think. I mean, this trailer, if I'm not mistaken, this is the first time that they've sort of framed the narrative in that sense, though. I think all the back when it was Project Athea, yeah, and uh, and then like the last trailer that we got for it, too, the Forespoken Reveal of it or whatever. I think this is the first time I've seen, anyway, that sort of like weird modern day angle to it.
0: Of well, yeah, well, like, Move
3: over Assassin's Creed. That's right. We don't need any
0: more Assassin's Creed. No, but like, yeah, I think the last trailer had her be like, well, it's a freaking dragon. Oh my God. Like that type of thing. So it's a little more lightly implied, but I like the idea of the trailer starting out and she's just wearing like flannel walking (laughs) in this fantasy world. Like it's a cool look for a character in this bizarre place even if, Probably after the first hour, you're going to be fully decked out in magic stuff and sprinting across the rooftops and, <laughs> and shooting magic spells. And I mean, magic you out of water
2: is, like, super fun, and it's also just a great way to, like, show you how a world works. You know what I mean? Because right. you get to be right over her shoulder and be like, What is this now? And like it gets explained to her and it doesn't feel s- stupid. You know what I mean? It doesn't feel like people are like, You didn't know about this? You should know about this. Let me tell you about it anyway. It's like right. I, so I'm 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 into it. I, I'm excited about the sort of the setup that they have in place there.
0: Yeah. And it's uh yeah. what is it PS five and PC for spoken? But they say spring twenty twenty two. This yeah. is this is I tough think- to keep up with exactly what they've confirmed for PC versus not, but yeah, okay, it looks like
1: Nah. Yeah, PC and NPS5. All right. That was definitely the biggest dark horse, I think, for me, out of out of this. Like I would my Forspoken is the game that had my enthusiasm level increase the most from where it was to after I, you know, where it is after I saw the trailer.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh Ghostwire Tokyo also looked fantastic. It looks like uh Surreal Basticas's dream game, so shout out to him. I'm sure he's very excited about that. Hang on, Joe RIP. could not be wincing more at Ghostwire Tokyo. Really, not impressed. Uh,
1: no, uh, you know, I didn't, not, not especially no, but
0: okay. I mean, it's it, it's
1: for someone that's fine. <laughs> not everything needs it's to be for me. People
0: who like a mashup of weird
1: horror in Tokyo
0: and weird first person hand quick moves as you're running around that seems up your alley ish.
1: Yeah, I guess. Okay, so like one of the things that was weird about this showcase to me in general is that I think the divide between previous-gen and new-gen stuff is starting to become more and more apparent. Ah, okay. So I think that when you... That there are some games that it's just been clear they've been in development for a long time. And as our sort of standard is, like, slowly, month after month, we're sort of getting acclimated to a higher standard. Some of those older things just look a little jankier and seem just a little less impressive
0: okay all right
1: so ghost ghost Warrior tokyo fell into the ca- that camp for me um there was like the uh, uh uh the tiny tina game was one of those that i was like right guardians of the galaxy even was was just sort of like
3: huh, okay, okay. i feel like that mm-hmm. it's not even a technological thing like that guardians game just doesn't look good to me it looks like how it looks like it has the same problems that marvel's avengers has so i'm like all right like it, there's a lot of Marvel stuff going on right now and yeah. not all of it is good. And that's true even outside of games. Oh, so. interesting.
0: I, I think yeah. it, the Guardians game feels like a game that at the end of the year, is it
3: coming out this year?
0: I believe it is. Yeah, I think there's is going it? to be, I think there's going to be a lot of defenders about that I'm game. I'm cutting
3: that train cart. Okay. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, that's <laughs> that that carts flying away. Yeah, but we're not you're, even to it you're yet. You're not even
2: hitching it on.
3: Yeah, you're, you're cutting oh, the no, engine before like, you
2: get to it, Janet. <laughs>
3: like I'm like already I'm like how do I not reserve my time Okay, <laughs> all, right. all, of y'all, maybe all y'all like no, nah, it's fire maybe I'm tripping maybe it's gonna be really good but like from we had that one deep dive at that one right. this. was it um it was E3 I probably, think
1: right yeah, something yeah. like then, that G, and then G.I. had a cover story on it also yeah, yeah and it was
3: for, like super right. dry I was like what's the opposite of hype here like it's just like I'm like oh I don't even want to watch what I'm seeing let alone do I want to play <laughs> I it, wanna it for like 30 hours myself all right, I each
1: their own. Yeah. Um, let's see. Oh, the other oh and also, when I become... If I ever become just, like, in charge of all forms of entertainment... Yes, sir. I want to permanently permanently 86 that joke about the odds of survival are 0.03%. Some sort of snarky response, but we're going to face those odds. It's just like, shut up. Joe, I'm so done with that joke. Look, just kill it. I'm
0: 100% with you. However... It made me... I want me, to know the math. It, How do you come up with that percentage? I'm just saying... What are the factors? Sh- look, it's nonsense, but check the tape, Joe. <laughs> I was 100% with you, and then when I watched that trailer, it made me laugh out loud when he said, like, oh, that's no good, is it? And then, like, the other character or the entity that said it was like, no, it's not. Or whatever, like, having the character, the entity, it like, did? give me the rebuttal... Joe, what would that about like, Dr. Strange,
3: What if it's not a joke? What about like Doctor Strange during uh, what was it like Infinity it War? Game at that point, Infinity War. Yeah, no. that's allowed. Hey, if, so you have to if, be serious when you're dropping math. Like, don't bring that math out if you ain't about it. You know? Okay. But see, he,
1: I, he showed his work, right? He's like, hey, I've been to a million different universes, and there's and yeah, there's I'm, one okay. where this works. He's not, he he visited those different alternate realities in his b- magic brain or whatever, but. Like, this is just some computer who's apparently taking a bunch of, like,
3: what? Well, yeah, that's more ridiculous than Dr. Strange's it, magic mind. D-
1: yes, it is. You get it. Okay. We're <laughs> in agreement. Joe, is... I,
2: I hate to be the bearer of bad news here, but I, I did the math, and there's it's like a 5% chance that that joke's going away in our yeah. modern mm-hmm. media. I
3: think cool. It doesn't sound great. No, it, Okay, yeah. you're right. It is, it is rough. It is <laughs> rough. That's a, lot of, that's a lot of summarizing. I ain't going, you know, it's, it's a lot.
0: Okay. Hang on. I just received a message that says to kick Kyle. Interesting. All right. Um, Real quick, uh, Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, uh, the new Gearbox game. is coming out March 25th, 2022. Based on the TZ3, it's like, oh, okay, like the fantasy Borderlands. This is interesting. And then this trailer was just nothing but guns that look like Borderlands guns. Like, it's a hell of a lot more Borderlands than I thought, but it seems... Wacky, like environments are cool, like giant, you know, soda cans and stuff. The environment, like a framing kind of lets them do anything. But was anybody red hot on Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, a game that will outsell every other game
2: here? It was nice to hear Andy Sandberg. Always yeah. love Andy Sandberg. One line from him.
0: I it seemed like Will Arnett. Was he like the bad guy in the start of the trailer as well? I remember they said he was gonna be in it, yeah, but yeah. I don't know if they reveal exactly who he was gonna be yet. Yeah, but yeah, it seems all right. Oh, the song, the baby metal song that Serpazorski on the stream was uh, very excited about. So that's something.
2: Yeah, it's a great song. <laughs> great song. You should go look up that music video if you've never seen it. It's cool.
0: Oh really? Um, all right. Star of the show. Let's go get, get let's let's jump into it, y'all. Janet, I'm giving you the honor of saying the official name of the new god of war game hit us dude
3: god of war ragnarok yeah they did the thing y'all thought
0: they were gonna do for a long time crazy they did it uh finally a new not have to
3: reword all their pages now it's they saved seo across (laughs) the eons of the galaxy shout out to that Uh, team for not ruining that back end. They truly the did it.
0: Yeah. And we can go back into all of our previous discussions about this game and remove the quotes around Ragnarok every time I titled it on the podcast or anything. Cause yeah, it's just called God of War Ragnarok. I'm so glad they just went with that. Cause they can't do God of War two. It's a mess. Um, Joe, as a big fan of that uh, first, uh, first game, last game. And as somebody yeah. that reviewed it for Game Informer, I'm curious what you thought about the, the big trailer
1: here. You know, I think if, if, in terms of the whole showcase, yeah, th- I think this is the game that I am ultimately going to enjoy the most yeah i do not I do not think that it was the most exciting thing or like the game that showed the best here today, totally with you um I mean, and it actually kind of ties into what I was just talking about with like that's that generational straddle, right huh. because this is a game this is a game that's on both p s four and p s five so I think you see that in the on a technical level, that's like, oh yeah, that looks like Kratos. That looks like Atreus. Like, the, like it, it looks, doesn't look particularly like more amazing, right? I, oh, I, mean, I, I think it Super does. Well, l- l- I want to stop and say, like, I played God of War is the game that inspired me to buy a PS4 Pro last generation because it looked so good. Yeah. And so, like, I can't really fault them for not making a huge generational leap on a game that was already felt like a generational leap last generation, right? So I, I, I that's just I guess I just want to be clear. I'm not throwing the game under the bus here or anything like I acknowledge that that <laughs> it looks it looks fantastic and that a lot of what they're doing is undoubtedly impressive. I just think in terms of like a public facing showing, it had a lot of like, oh, there's Atreus, there's Mimir, I, there's... Yeah, I kind of hear you. Like, the axe, there's the blades, you know, like...
0: Yeah, I think the I, reveal of Kratos, I think, looked fantastic. There's shots of, like, when that big creature, like, attacks and kind of, like, rolls with Kratos, like, that lo- really looks fantastic. But conceptually, I'm, I'm with you, where seeing it is a little bit like, okay, it does... it. I was not expecting the sequel to just be you're now buddies with Atreus going on a similar style adventure. I'm still unbelievably excited about it, but... I was kind of worried that like, is this going to kind of feel like the Miles Morales to God of War? And it's certainly more than that. It seems like a full sequel, but I think it's more in that vein than maybe our highest aspirations.
1: Yeah. Well, and here's the just the impossible bar that Santa Monica Studio has to clear with this, because for the last game, part of what was so like uh, uh, enthralling about it was the mystery. Right. It's like all this time has passed. Kratos has a son. Now he has a beard. He uses an ax instead. He doesn't have his blades. Uh, He's in like Norse mythology. Now there are all of these like foundational questions that you need to answer just about the state of the story of the characters of all of this stuff. But like that first game did a good job answering those questions. So now going into the second game, what they've, they kind of spent that narrative capital they had, which is I think smart, you needed to do that. That's part of what made that first game so good. But where's their mystery now? I oh, right? I mean, like, like, I think, yeah. What, what's the
0: question? I think the question, and they did a really good job in the last game, is in the last game, they withheld so many of the gods. I think that is one of the amazing things is how narratively that game is pretty reserved. And so for them to lean into the big question for this game being, what is Odin going to be like? We had Thor, and that line from Thor in this trailer he goes, are you a calm and reasonable person? That's one of my favorite deliveries I've heard in a very, very long time in a video game. I am so excited for that tone for Thor. I never could have connected that voice what? to Thor. It's brilliant.
1: In the same way that they really subverted expectations with Baldur in the first game. Right. Like his personality as a god, right? Like I think I have, I have total faith in, the, in that team to make that like pantheon interesting right and but i think but when you're dealing with a series that has such a history of escalation right of of raising stakes i think i think it comes off as a little strange for the big first reveal of like what this game is and what it's like to have it feel so status quo rather than kind of set that point of escalation
0: i don't know like what do you want you just want to see a completely new realm in the reveal trailer. Is that, is that going to do it for you? Instead of just kind of a rework, like, Oh, now it's Fimble winter. And so everything's snowy. And instead of a boat for a lot of these areas, you're going to be driving around on a dog sled, which is cool, but not enough of a change for you. Just environment wise.
1: I don't know what I want. It's Surprise okay. me with stuff. Well, sure. I think I, I, I guess like that's the part of <laughs> Yeah. yeah the dog sled's cool. I don't
3: know. I guess, I guess that's what like it boils down good, to. Good, I'm like, let's go. Yeah, yeah. You Check it off.
0: I think what's interesting is in the blog post, they revealed that all nine realms are in the game. So I think it is going to be a little bit of that remixed environments from the first one. Like the environments you are in before are probably going to be all winterized now. And you can actually go into the realms that were locked out before. But still, hmm. just looking at the trailer again now, it's like, okay, looks like we have the elves again. So I'm wondering how much you're going to be revisiting those areas versus all new realms
3: No, so yeah. I actually Wait never ended up finishing the first one the first not old one last one yeah um so i have to go back and finish that um i did play a good chunk of it but then i just you know i fell off and i had other stuff to Fine, do you know like it happens I, I it just you know life it's, it's but one the of those games
2: janet like came off i just <laughs> it, like it ends well so you good. know what i mean like it's a game that's worth finishing as opposed to one it's like if you if it didn't click with you it's like oh yeah you got what you needed yeah. out of it. like you should finish i, I loved
3: it yeah. like the um the opening of that game is still one of the most like technologically wowing moments in my like gaming life like mm. i think about that all and it's crazy that, again on the ps4 like i remember being like you know they talk about they recently did a ratchet and click like developer deep dive on the playstation blog where they're like oh like look at how like integrated it is and it is but like you know it's still cartoony and that's a little inherently less wowing to me than okay. something that's going for a little bit more realism even though kratos isn't real spoilers <laughs> um but real like to me. when it yeah, he's, he's real to me it happened um when they went from like. I'm looking at it to gameplay and I was like, this is what the game looks like. And then, you know, I don't think there's been a million great words said about it. So I don't really need to harp on that game being good. But it, I think one issue that it runs into here with how it reveals is that there was kind of a really big leap from we knew literally nothing. We had like a logo. We didn't even have a name. And yeah. now we got like kind of a meteor chunk of gameplay, but without context. Like I think looking back at like Breath of the Wild 2, which is also remixed, but it kind of led in and fed in and leaned into what its mystery was and has been sprinkling right. that out. Right. I think what maybe would have been better was something a little bit, at least just to satisfy more people. I'm sure it's of people that were like, this looks great, um, and I'm sure it will be good, but like I, something that's a little bit more constructive, narratively creating questions already, and then a PlayStation state of play that sort of walks us through those portions may have, like... I guess one a wider variety over if you are someone, you know, like Joe, where you're like, hey, this looks like more of the same, which isn't bad. But what great? What is my reason for getting excited about this specifically versus I you hear know you. I just played this.
0: Yeah, I think I think it's the promise of the gods for me and that idea of them saying this is this is the finale of the Norse saga. And so you know that they're not gonna tease anything else. Like it is going to be climactic, there's going to be confrontations with Odin, whatever sense that is. Like they described Odin as an old man busy with his own things. Just kind
3: of small for a saga.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's a weird <laughs> thing. Yeah, I don't know exactly. Like, I feel like you just had two. Games. It works. But I don't um, know,
3: narratively. Like I get. It. I, I don't think you should stretch it to three if you don't got the sauce in there. But like the saga, I'm like, what the two games like.
0: Yeah, we'll be ready for something new. I think, but I, I'm happy with two games set in one mythology. I think that works pretty well for just generation generationally here. But like the
2: big. I mean, it is like eight games to be clear. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it is true. If you want to go it's back. It's
2: five, It's yeah. seven. That'll be the eighth game in the series. Yeah. <laughs> so.
0: But, like, for the well, big actually, tension well, here. Well, if you
2: include the mobile game, it'll be the, ni- the ninth, actually. So, there I was right with my first number I guess.
0: I've never been more confident about anything in my life that you were going to bring up the mobile game. <laughs> <It> was, <laughs> I would have bet so much money on I'm that. I'm
2: convinced. I'm convinced I'm the only person who's played and beaten it. Yeah. So, I'd like to bring it up. Message received, buddy.
0: Um, but, no, like, the big tension, it seems like, for this one is... Atreus, who has leapfrogged past puberty, uh, they wanted the same voice actor, and he is now a forty-six-year-old man by the sounds of him. But it's it's fun to have him in there. Um, but his tension is he's pushing for more war to protect the ones they love, and then Kratos says, "Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to go down that war path." Um, and too so old for this, <laughs> that's a, yeah, there's an exact quote. Um, no, and then they find Tyr, the Norse god of war, which is interesting that they had the big reveal for him and it's very big because he's a very tall guy because some of the most fun fan theories from the last game was that Kratos was actually Tyr and that it was Mm. going to be some fun cycle thing which I was very into so they just squashed all those fan theories with the first trailer which is fine I guess. I don't know. Joe, do you you have thoughts just on that concept of introducing Tyr now as another God of War?
1: I mean, I guess uh, what I'm interested in is sort of the continue the, you know, they say it's the end of the Norse, the finale of the Norse saga here, right. which I mean, so involves tier that God of war. So then, but then I also wonder like, how does the series carry over from here? Right. Without, without getting too into spoilers, I think the, they have given us reason to believe that Kratos is not always going to be the titular God of war that this series follows. Yeah. So it leads me to wonder sort of what's like just uh, the, the speculation I'm more interested in, I guess, is like how the events play out at the end of this game to continue carrying forward. Even even like is Tyr the next God of War? Is Tyr going to the next Egyptian mythology or whatever and, <laughs> you know, stomping I mean, stomp down trius, those guys?
2: right? I mean, I mean, right. Do, I mean,
1: well, m- maybe. Maybe,
0: but he's not really the God of War. You know what I'm saying? Like, maybe they would change the the name or something, but it's weird to... The Son of War. Son of... (laughs) Liking War. Um, Yeah, there's a lot of questions. Uh, They revealed a big thing in the post-stream recap that I really appreciated, which is, who was directing this one? Like, we knew for a long time that Corey Mm -hmm. Barlog is not directing this God of War entry, but he was there as the studio creative director in this video to pass the baton to... Eric Williams, everybody. Congratulations, Eric Williams. He's the director for God of War Ragnarok. Midwesterner, right? Yeah. Um, kind of low energy Midwesterner, which is a tough transition coming from Corey, who's like just such a fun interview for everybody. It's like, but Eric has been around as a designer on the full series, going back to the first one. But Joe, have you ever met Eric Williams before? You know,
1: he looked familiar to me. Okay. But like, so one of the things when you're going to do sp- like cover stories and stuff for public, for outlets like Game Informer. Yeah. Is that like, it's not like you just get to walk around the studio and talk to everyone you want, right? Like you're given, you know, you're sort of presented, you know, maybe three or four people that you can talk to. like right. to, get, to get official commentary and comments on and stuff. So he, I don't believe he was ever one of those people for me. Yeah. But I feel like I might've like gone out to lunch with him and some other folks once or something he looked familiar as well. okay
0: but yeah i mean that's yeah. my big point of reference is visiting the studio for the game former cover store and like yeah he wasn't one of the spokespeople, which is interesting but chat's bringing up watching us live that the fact that he's not a great public speaker gives me confidence that he's very good at his job <laughs> which yeah that's probably what? a good way of looking at it yeah right. not a showman he's too focused on designing and being a good director to care about making jokes on camera like some sort of goober um but yeah it's fun to see that uh Changing hands and uh, high hopes for God of War Ragnarok. There, um, yeah,
1: and I, I want to clarify too. I feel like yeah. I came off negative on this, and that's like, your style. I feel like it maybe, it maybe looked a little like more of the same, but there's dogs. I, I don't think the game is going to be that right. I think that they are yeah. like building on it in fun ways, and if nothing else, this, this occurred to me also is that if they are sort of taking the last game as a starting point. That hopefully they won't do the whole, like, the whole Samus loses all of her powers at the beginning of the game thing, right? Yes. So if you, if you take someone as powerful as Kratos was at the end of the last game and use that as a starting point for the next game. Yeah. Then I think that's a good place to find that escalation, right? If you have to just, if you have to build from that already, like, place of power, that could be really fun.
0: For sure. Give that's him it. new weapons and everything. But yeah, they say... Yeah. That, yeah, the game does have new runes and abilities. This is in the blog post. Uh, Nebelian over there on Twitter tweeted out a summary. I saw real quick before we went live, saying that Thor and Freya are the two main antagonists. I guess that's something huge. It's just seeing like Freya attack them and turn into the raven for a bit. It looked fantastic. Um, And that it takes place years after the first game. And that a key plot point is Atreus's true heritage. Um, And they did tease a new character named Angerboda, something like that, who's the last remaining giants. The last remaining giant, she was at the end there. So it should be a fun connection with Atreus and figuring out that whole saga, but very much looking forward to it. And I think still 2022. I don't think they got more specific about when that thing's coming out, but it could be Sony's big 2022 game for the fall at least. Um, yeah. Hey, Kyle, what would you like to talk about the most right now? Like moving on from PlayStation, do you want to talk about your adventures yeah. in virtual reality or
2: anything else? uh well fist is the one i'm actually genuinely excited about <laughs> oh, great. i'm excited to talk about everything zag. but i played a bunch of i played a bunch of fist last night and i like really like it a lot like right out of the gate oh awesome like it's it's um jason a striker from uh, giant bomb uh mentioned uh a shadow complex in like talking about it and that was like that was like all i needed kind of because i love shadow complex uh for the 360 um which is like I know it's like a Metroid game from the people who now work on Fortnite, uh, right, strangely. Right. But um, and it does feel like that game. And then the other thing, uh, a community member beaten down Brian actually sent me a DM, and he was like, "Hey, you should play this because it has Mega Man X controls, and it does. Like really? you can slide and you can jump <laughs> on walls, Mega Man X style. And I'm, and it's it's awesome. It's I really into it. Like I it's I I really like it a lot for those reasons. It seems like a really it It's so far like I don't want to make any long term assumptions, but it feels like a good metroid style game where it's like it's doesn't give you too many paths, you're not backtracking too much. The upgrades you're getting are significant and frequent, and then you can dash and jump on walls like you do in mega man x i'm 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 digging it, I want to play more of it, yeah,
0: it really came out of nowhere. I feel like we saw it at a couple showcases before, like state of plays it was like, oh, the weird rabbit mech- metroid game, what is this thing?' And for it to come
2: out and be this solid is really impressive for this team. I don't know what their history is exactly. I think on our podcast where we, you know, decided who got to play what games yeah. for the rest of the year, I think this was one I won somewhat arbitrarily where I was like, sure, that looks interesting. I'll check that out. I don't even know what it is. And then, then I like went and, and bought it and I, yeah, I really like it so far.
0: Oh, nice. Uh, Yeah, uh, Grant, friend of the show, star of Hitman 3, he has been counting down the days until Fist release. And I was trying to brace him for like, look, Grant, it's a rabbit metroidvania. This, this smells of a 725. It, just, I'm just saying, just put your expectations in check. And then I was, I was way off. It seems like people are really enjoying this uh, overall. But it's not on PC, which is wild to me. This is just PS4 and PS5 for Fist, Forged, and Shadow Torch. Like, Kyle, I know you hate being put on the spot. But, Joe, this is what we do on this podcast. I mean, if it stays where it's at now, is this Kraken top six I mean, is it that good or is it just like a surprisingly solid little Metroidvania here?
2: Ooh. I think I think it's a surprisingly solid Metroidvania, but when I really love those personally, so I could see it making my my top ten list. Yeah.
0: Okay. Uh Fist Forged and Shadow Torch. Yeah, I look forward to, to checking it out. I think I'm gonna dive in soon.
2: Joe,
1: it seems like you are out. Did you finish Axiom Verge two yet? I didn't, Joe,
2: and I don't think I will. It didn't really click for me. I gave it <laughs> a good, like five, six hours. I really was waiting for it to tip, but it just—it never did for me. Weirdly, I, which surprises me. Like I know you and, see, you seem upset with me, and that's okay. I, you're
1: allowed. I'm not, I'm not I, upset, Kyle. I, I just I really thought it was gonna be the one for me.
0: Yeah, yeah Joe, you ended up loving it.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I really did. Yeah, but you know, I mean, I see. That there's a there's a pretty broad range of scores out there for it. Uh and and I understand people's complaints about that game, but for me it was exactly what I like it it really hit on the stuff that I think the first game did so well in terms of taking the met the the sort of Metroid Metroid specifically and not even the Vania part of it, even though it right. has the level like but like I think it just taps into that sense of like weird isolation and like what did, and like identity and the intersection of identity and technology in a bunch of weird ways. Like just from a general story and vibe standpoint, I really, really dug it. And I liked the gameplay too, but. And it just seems like I I, I understand the complaints about like the melee combat, not being sort of not being super engaging and stuff. Like I I get it, but I liked it. So. And so just the
0: hurdle is don't go in expecting more of a Metroid homage. And if you go in expecting that and embracing the lore, then axiom Verge two can still work for you. Oh,
2: well, it's, I mean, I mean, it's very Metroid. It's very It's just not as much
1: uh, as the other first than one. not having a gun. I guess that would be the one right, right. Non Metroid element. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's I think that we're like what I love about a like a good Metroid style game is when They give you powers that open up new areas or like, like new avenues, new places to explore in the game that aren't just guns that you shoot at gates. Yeah. Right. It's like, like, like weapons that just essentially act as key cards that just arbitrarily open a door. And then on the other side of that door, you're doing what you always did before you can just get there now. And I think what axiom verge does so well is devise powers to get you to different parts of the map, but that have just like overall utility. So they contribute to the sense of you, of you just having this like vast and impressive arsenal of like unpredictable powers rather than just six different guns that open six different doors. Right. Right.
0: Right. right. So that's good. I'm glad to hear you like it so much. Um, Yeah. Let's see real quick. Artful escape came out this week. Uh, it's a game from Annapurna. The developer's name is Beethoven and Dinosaur. It's out on Game Pass, PC, and Apple Arcade. Strange enough, but oh,
3: Apple Arcade. Yeah, isn't that bizarre? That.
0: It kind of explains some of the simplicity of this thing. But Joe, have you seen anything about Artful Escape? Do you
1: know what this game is? No, I am not the person to talk to
0: about this. Okay, one. great. Um, I, I has everybody else finished it?
3: Yes. Okay, well, I finished
0: yeah. it. Yeah, I did too. Yeah, it's not that long; just a, a couple hours long, really. Um, Kyle. I'm going to try describing it. You tell me where I stumble. It's it's like inside Lewin Davis meets Night in the Woods meets Bit Trip Runner.
2: Mm, not that last one. Okay, all right. To, to a And also not degree,
3: that frankly. other one. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Maybe let's the first just one I don't know. <laughs> I mean, okay. So the
0: idea, Joe, with Artful Escape. Is, you, is that it's
1: inside Lewin Davis the game. Yes.
0: Yes, basically. <laughs> okay. Yes. So you play like the nephew of a famous folk musician. You're basically living Jacob Dylan's life, right? Like it's very it's very much your <laughs> uncle is Bob Dylan. But the problem is you really like ripping some sick interstellar solos on your guitar. And so yeah, it's Imagine
2: a, if One Headlight was like a really trippy guitar solo game. Is this joke working for anybody? No,
0: not at all. But the point is the one <laughs> that's, that's
3: the
2: song. That's One Headlight, right? That's their famous song, uh, Bob yeah, Dylan's smart. nephew's. Okay.
3: Oh, okay. This is a deep cut. Someone got it and they're like, that's really good. Okay, but Kyle. Kyle,
0: see it later. Was Kyle. <laughs> it's a shame. Not Kick really, Kyle. <laughs> okay.
3: But, so, anyways, so
0: you're just running from side to side, Joe. It's effectively an adventure game on a 2D plane with no puzzles. And so a lot of the game is just you running to the right and holding X to do sick guitar solos as you kind of navigate this kind of Douglas Adams-y sci-fi world meeting crazy creatures. Did I do it, everybody? Is that the game?
3: <laughs> That's pretty close. I would okay. I would kind of maybe take some of that away a little. Say sure. It's, it's an adventure game with rhythm game elements. Yeah. Because that is the, like... The action climax is always you're playing a rhythm game, um, and there's light that, platforming this, I,
2: involved. Even that, I think, is too too much. It's not a rhythm game. It's a yeah. Simon. Says. I said with rhythm like,
3: game
0: elements. That's right. Simon says elements. elements. You
1: guys are really selling me on this year. <laughs> I like
0: well, it. Well, spoilers I it. for what's coming. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I understand it's it's simplistic. There's a lot to like. I think the art's really cool. There's a lot of elements in here. I mean, Carl Weathers is in it, Joe. He's a, he's a big force in here. Jason Schwartzman's in it. Lena Hetty from yourself Game of Thrones. Going. That's exactly right. You combine all these yeah. elements, but then Janet, is it just too much running to the right for you? Is that the takeaway?
3: Yeah. I mean, um, you know, I reviewed this for my outlet, PentaPixel, so you could read and watch my full, like thoughts on it. Um, you know, like thousand, 2000 words or so. But for me, it is absolutely gorgeous. It cannot be understated how good looking this game is. Yeah, uh, And it is, it, You know, it's funny because my big criticism is I think it's it has that really heavy strength, but the gameplay just doesn't live up to the visual beauty of it, uh, which I stand by. But honestly, it's so pretty looking that like if you see it, if you hear the critique and you're like, I'm still down to give it a try, go for it. I think you will have moments where you are all where you are in awe. But ultimately, I just feel like the the rhythm game element wasn't super compelling the yeah. platforming is kind of dry and i would say um one of my i guess biggest disappointments for it is i feel like i guess it doesn't really commit to a genre enough for me uh, like kyle mentioned it's not really a rhythm game you jump but like the platforming is very much like secondary which can be fine but i felt like it didn't really commit to any one thing the closest commitment is that main genre of adventure game but i feel like after the first I would say 30 minutes, maybe an hour max, it really walks away from dialogue choices totally. and talking to different people and leans more into these, you're sort of walking through a really gorgeous music video. It's kind of a yellow submarine meets like a slightly different, like meets uh, Flipping Death or I forgot what else that developer made. Uh, broken that
1: was more, Age. A lot it feels like yes. a lot of, really like broken. I
3: did think of Broken yeah. Age a couple times, yeah. It's yeah. It's, I just
1: I just looked up images of it. It does look good, and I also it does remind me a little of Broken Age.
0: Yeah, I can see like the animations, the way characters kind of move around there, and like the creativity of the creatures and stuff. But like, I I think you're totally right on everything there, Janet. But especially it, it being a Game Pass game, it feels like the perfect game to dive in and try because I was just shocked that like, okay, I'm enjoying my time with this. I'm not blown away by the gameplay because it's super simple. But the fact that I'm not putting it down, I think says a lot, right? Like I remember Tim Schafer talking about adventure games, like the big payoff in an adventure game, the big reward is that you get to see new art. And it turns out when a game is basically just a streamline of new art for several hours and there are no puzzles to get in your way or real obstacles to get in your way other than some simple Simon Says, like it is just strangely compelling to just keep moving through the story. Like Kyle, you're kind of in that same wheelhouse. I'm amazed you finished it.
2: Yeah, I think that's fair. I I think my thing was like, and maybe it was a matter of expectation. I thought it was going to be a rhythm game, and yeah. I was like ready for that. Like I threw on headphones, and I was like, yeah, I'm gonna really play the rhythm part of this. And so I and it was that thing where I was like, well, maybe the you know maybe the next part will have a more of a rhythm game style. And then at that point, I was like sixty percent done with the game when I realized it's like, oh no no, this is this is the whole thing. <laughs> okay, that's the whole kit and caboodle. So, yeah, the part that's
0: amazing to me is like you know it's kind of you're kind of going on missions and going to different planets and stuff. And when you're on one of these missions you can hold down X and it'll just wail this guitar solo and it kind of interacts with the environment in a way. Otherwise you can just keep on running, which would be the very boring way to play this game. But that's what blows my mind is like, it's basically a double layer soundtrack for everything where (laughs) they had some amazing guitarist, just like wailing, amazing guitar solos throughout the entire soundtrack in every level. And you basically have the option by holding X of just like listening to this sweet guitar. solo. it's crazy to think about the recording process. Like who did they get to do that? Who was just doing like a three-hour guitar solo effectively for this game's soundtrack? It's pretty crazy. But, yeah, it's on Game Pass. You can check it out. The Artful Escape. Uh, you check it out there or on PC or Apple Arcade if you're interested. I, I liked it. I liked my time with it. Um, <laughs> Kyle, you're too distracted by the Virtual Boy to spend more time with Artful Escape? That's right.
2: Like well, okay. beat beat Artful Escape. What else do you want from I
0: want me? you to replay it and really appreciate it a little do bit. Do it again. Mono. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay, what is, What the hell is this, uh, Kyle? Why are you playing a Virtual Boy in 2021?
2: Well, yeah, it's... So I was looking at them on eBay, just I was I like, oh, what are Virtual Boys going for these days? And uh, my wife, we have our shared, like, eBay account. She just happened to notice that I was looking at them, and she's like, why are you looking at Virtual Boys? And I was like, I don't know. I've never really played one. It's like, it's this big blind spot for me for, like... Nintendo games. And it's not like a type of game that can be emulated anywhere else. It's not like I could get an emulator going and play Virtual Boy Wario Land like effectively. You know, maybe I could like with Oculus or something. I don't know. But it's just like there's only one way to play those games and it's with a Virtual Boy. And I've always kind of wanted one. And then my wife, she was just like, look, I'm just going to get you one. You're looking at them. They're they're not crazy expensive. Here, have a Virtual Boy. I was like, OK, great. Can
3: I just really so I got, quickly... I got, interject and say i had such envy of your relationship in that moment you know i don't know the details of your personal life that's your life you know hope hope you're living it well but i saw that tweet because you told this story on twitter and i saw that and i'm like wow it would feel so good to have a partner who is supportive of the dumb video game trash i buy that i don't need like that i really don't need and i like even like showed my boyfriend and he likes games too but he just isn't a fan of like why are you buying like all this stuff like if you're not going to use it like he definitely wouldn't impulse buy me the garbage I look at online. I'm like, "Wow." You know, I felt like one of those like problematic dudes, you know, what wow, Kyle's wife bought him a virtual boy. I don't just saying, it's nice. It must be nice. You know, and he's like, "I totally would never buy that." But, yeah, I was like, "Damn, buddy, man, that's cool." No
2: I could not justify that to, no. like, a significant other, right? I can't be like, look, I need a Virtual Boy for these reasons. I'm going to spend the money on it. So I needed someone else to it's pull like, the trigger You didn't even but... ask
3: to. Anyway, go on with your story. But I was just, I was, <laughs> yeah. I was hating from outside the club when I was scrolling on Twitter about that. I'm like, damn. Uh... Like, you know, it'd be nice if someone bought me that Vectrex I was looking at. But, <laughs> you know.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, so I got a Virtual Boy and it came with Mario Tennis. And I bought Virtual Boy Wario Land because I Ooh, hear yeah. that's, like, easily the best Virtual Boy game. And then I also bought um, Jack Brothers, uh, which is technically the first. And the kind of the reason I wanted it was because it's technically the first uh, Shin Megami game that ever came out. That's in America. right. Yeah. Um, uh, but I couldn't. I couldn't. The English version of the game is prohibitively expensive. It's more expensive than actually buying a Virtual Boy. But the Japanese version, for some weird reason, is like reasonably priced. Oh. Weird. So I got the Japanese version of Jack Bros. But um, I really just wanted to beat a virtual game before I died. And so I played <laughs> and beat Wario, a uh, virtual Gosh. boy Wario Land. Uh, I played the whole game. I, I it took it, uh, my, my timer clocked in at like three hours. It's a very short game. But it felt like a lifetime because it turns out staring into that little screen, it's very uncomfortable and hurts yeah. your back and your eyes. Your back. So, this is
1: Kyle. This is my biggest question about this because I, and I think Ben Hansen shares this with me. Yes. I get like simulation sick. So, like 3D stuff and like really twitchy first person games, I need to take Dramamine. Uh, I pulled out a Virtual Boy in the GI offices once and like tried to play something on it. Yeah. And like it was like instant nausea. <laughs> I have not gotten so sick so fast in my entire life. <laughs> so what a review how, yeah, so how long did it take you to like get to feel uncomfortable in that
2: very quickly I mean it's pretty telling <laughs> that every game at, right when you turn it on it says alright we're gonna, we're gonna do this thing where like after 20 minutes we're automatically gonna pause the game uh, for you to take a break like it's <laughs> built in everything. really you can turn it off if you want but it's going to be defaulted on and yeah like playing Wario Land there was a little 20 minute timer in the corner that was counting down to when it would automatically pause and I never saw that pause screen because I always had to take a break before Woof. uh before Wow. I was done.
3: Yeah. That but is yeah brutal. no
2: like I play I play more VR than most people I think. Uh, maybe not Leo Vader who's like Mr. VR but like I Playing Virtual Boy, honestly, like I didn't get quite as nauseated as Joe describes, but like it, I was getting like s- I was sweating pretty quickly, <laughs> just like feeling and it, like just into the because headset, it's like Sweats points Yeah, point into your because eyes, it's like
3: hard to see the red.
2: Oh. Yeah, because and the red lines, like it's way more affecting, like after the fact too, compared to like VR. Like when you step away, like your eyes just feel weird because you've just been staring at like a grid of red lines. It's, oh my it's, god, it's weird. Yeah, but how's that I game? Wonder if didn't
3: take off. Yeah. yeah right but like
2: with with all that being said like Wario Land was cool like there like there are it's I wish it had been ported to 3DS it's really a shame that they didn't just bring the whole library over to to 3DS to play it that way because it's like because the games like the first thing you see are these like boulders like swinging in your face and it's cool you know and a lot of the game uh deals with you jumping back and forth between planes like Rayman Legends style Okay, yeah. but it's like a much more core part of the game and like even the way Wario looks is kind of cool cuz like his hands are stereoscopic like st- like you know being in front of him but his like his body is like a layer back so like his his animations look cool like it was, it was a cool experience but it was like it was like a genuinely painful one to get through like it was not comfortable to play
0: yeah god that's brutal but it is so weird that Nintendo has just disregarded this. I mean, the most they've done is what, Luigi's Mansion 3 had that reference to the Virtual Boy or something? The Virtual Boo? Well,
2: yeah. What was the DS
0: Tomodachi Life? Yeah, Labo, basically. Tomodachi Life, Yeah, does that have Virtual Boy in it?
2: Yeah, that was when they, I feel like Nintendo kind of decided that they could laugh at the virtual boy. Because they would feature it in trailers and there was like these like weird things where like you could make all your Miis dance around the Virtual Boy and worship it. I think (laughs) Reggie Fizeme made some jokes about it at that point. Like there was a line that they crossed where they were like, okay, we 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 are we can make fun of this thing now. Yeah. And I think it was Tomodachi Life on the 3DS is when
1: that happened. Weird. They put one in Animal Crossing too, right?
3: I don't Uh, think maybe maybe. the older ones? Not New Horizons. I
0: don't know.
1: Okay. Remember, I'm, uh, I, I've just got my wires crossed. I've played a lot of New Horizons, and I don't. I thought I remembered it. It could but. be. It could be in there. Yeah,
0: Joe or uh, Kyle. Do you remember when Game Freak told us that they were making a, a Virtual Boy game at some point? Or maybe that wasn't. Sorry, no. you weren't. You weren't on that trip. Sorry, that was the second Game Freak trip. But yeah, they said that they were working on a new IP for Virtual Boy. But then it turns out that the system wasn't being supported, and they moved on quickly. Uh, but I would love to see yeah, what that is. It
2: is wild to look at the history of that thing and how quickly it it sort of fell apart. Like it's it's yeah. weird.
3: Uh, I don't know if you know offhand, but how big is that library?
2: Ooh,
3: like I wonder, can you collect games. all of them? It's
2: it like, is, yeah. Like I, it is. It, I mean, there th- some of the games are very expensive, and I think like Waterworld like got really limited release or something. They made like that. a Waterworld game but, like, for like, Virtual Boy. Oh, yeah! I it's see like that. you're on a ship. I looked up some gameplay of it. You're like on a ship on a 3D. It's like a you know on a 3D ocean kind of thing. Yeah. Um. But I, yeah, Janet, I think it's like it's less it's, than it's like 15 games it's 22 so it apparently. is like yeah
0: oh is it okay it's so it's more yeah. than
2: i thought but it is it oh, is okay. like one that like if you were like a hardcore collector of like weird novelties like you could get the whole virtual boy collection you know without having it, to keep a crazy excel document yeah you know?
1: but a lot of them are pretty expensive like that water world one like a lot of how them how much are, is yeah
3: what's the ceiling here like three hundred dollars or like three thousand dollars
1: I think you're maybe getting into the four digits,
2: maybe. Really?
3: Um, oh my God! Really? God. Ugh. I
2: could be wrong about that. I because like I wanted, I really wanted Jack Bros, um, but that like the English, I couldn't even find a decent like English one on eBay, like without the box being all tore up and stuff. that. So, excuse me. What like if you like limit to
3: the North American collection? That might be. Cause yeah, maybe imported Virtual Boy games.
2: So here just I pulled up something real quick Uh, this is Google so this is the English version of Jack bros which has like very different cover art just the cartridge the sticker is torn to hell a thousand dollars (laughs) oh
3: that's wild oh that's my like God. up there i feel like owning that as like a casual collector because obviously there are people that like that's their life is collecting but as a casual collector that's like the gaming equivalent of like remember back when apps first came out and they had like the $1,000 app that did nothing it just showed you rich oh, it's like, like that monster. vibe
0: <laughs> that is a really, yeah even owning Waterworld. yeah similar thing uh there was a time in my life i'm not proud of it but like you know my first console was the playstation so my gaming history before that is sketchy at best there was absolutely a time in my life where I had played more Virtual Boy than Super Nintendo games. Because like my friend, <laughs> had, a, my friend had a Virtual Boy. Like he went right from NES to Virtual Boy. So I played like a fair he amount was of virtual, virtual Boy. boy. As, like, he was the Virtual Boy. And then someday later on, I guess I played Super Nintendo for a little bit. Obviously, I went back and caught up in all the classics and stuff like that. But for me, Virtual Boy was like, well, this thing's the coolest. My friend has it, and I don't. What Therefore, you, it's the best. What did you
2: play? Did you, did you beat Wario Land? Did you see the weirdly creepy end boss? No. The weirdly scary. I think
0: it must have just been tennis. Is it a Mario tennis game that's – that, yeah, was Mario that like a pack even? It was even? a tennis, yeah. Yeah. I think it was yeah. probably just that, um, and we probably didn't play it that much. But technically – Played it more than at a certain point. Anyways, that's virtual boy. Everybody, don't check it out. Run far away. Um. Hey, Kyle, do you know how this whole thing operates? Is it Patreon? That's right. It's Patreon. Everybody, if you enjoy this podcast, you can support it or join it over at Patreon.com/slash/minmax with two ends. Joe but there are two ends in minmax. I'm aware. Yes, it's kind of like a Minnesota thing, I guess, is what we're going. Yeah, for. yeah,
1: yeah. Because two ends in Minnesota also. Yeah.
0: Honestly, Joe, this mm-hmm. it's a good sign of how sensitive I am uh, secretly to everything. But, like, I remember uh, when I was at when I said I was leaving to form a new uh-huh. thing. And you said, what's the name of the thing? And I was like, oh, God, I've been <laughs> dreading this moment to have to say the name out loud to a group. And I said, MinMax. And you said, oh, that's good. That's a really good name. It's like, oh, my God. Thank you. Oh,
1: that was such a relief to hear. And then and then you really made the most of it with that first logo.
0: <laughs> hey, look, we don't talk about the first logo. <laughs> you can buy a t-shirt of it, however. Anyways, the point is, thanks everybody who supports us over on Patreon, especially the big supporters like Fixture Gaming. They're back, everybody, with the Fixture S1. They want everybody to know about this clip that you put on your Nintendo Switch Pro Controller. And then it's a very comfortable way to play Switch on the go because everybody loves playing Switch on the go. Everybody's kind of sick of the Joy-Cons. Why not bring the pro controller, the best controller on the go by just sliding the screen on here. So thanks to the folks at Fixture Gaming, you can check out the Fixture S1 on their site. It comes in gray or red and blue. It's $35. You can also get the carrying case, the Fixture Gaming carrying case. And we are giving away one every month throughout the month of September. So if you would like to win a MinMax Custom Fixture S1, uh, give us a follow on Twitter, which is at MinMaxShow. All one word, obviously, but Mid-Max Show, give us a follow on Twitter. We're going to have a competition going up uh, very soon, this Friday. So you give a very good chance of winning one. So thanks to the fine folks at Fixture. Go support them because they support us. Also, thanks to the wonderful folks at I Am 8-Bit. They want everybody to know that you can get the double vinyl soundtrack for Mutazion. The soundtrack for Mutazion, uh, it comes with immersive garden gatefold. Uh, it includes extensive liner notes. The music, let me pop it up here is by, of course, Alessandro Coronas, and the album art is by Nils Denikin. mastered for vinyl by Townsend Mastering, so check that out on their wonderful online store. It has so many wonderful things, and because they're very generous, they are shipping out a prize every single week to the Minmax community, whoever has the best question of the week. And Kyle, this is amazing. This week, whoever has the best question is going to win the Mega Man X 30th anniversary classic cartridge. Which is a functioning copy Ooh. of Mega Man X, but they only made a limited number of these. So you can thank iMateBit for being so generous with MinMax and the MinMax community by checking out their online store and using the promo code "Wake Me Up." Promo code "Wake Me Up," no space, all one word for 10% off everything under $100. But Joe, your job is to pay very close attention to all these questions because this yeah. person's winning a very coveted Mega Man X classic cartridge.
1: All right, I'm. Gonna- I'm going to be honest. I, I don't know that I'm going to be able to do that. I really need you to do that.
0: I want you to remember the name of every single person that writes in with a great question over on Patreon.
1: I'm going to forget. And I'm going to wait for you at the very end of the Q&A to just run through. Yeah, look, everybody sort of look, Joe, I know word. that's what
0: everybody does. I'm just asking. <laughs> it's a lot to keep in mind. Um, by the way, we got so many great questions this week. A lot of them were like kind of behind the scenes stuff. Uh, some stuff just about like tips on hosting a podcast and whatnot. Heads up for everybody! Minmax Council is our Patreon exclusive podcast, and that is a great place to answer the more kind of in the weeds questions. Um, and also, if you support us at that Minmax Council tier, the twenty dollar tier on Patreon, we are legally obligated to answer every single question you ask. So if you're ever upset, like why aren't they answering my question on the podcast? We have to over on Minmax Council, and it's a delight. So you can check that out. Uh, we'd appreciate the support as well. All right, Dennis M writes in and says, "Hey Minmax, do you think you've already played your favorite game of all time, or will it be replaced by a game in the future?" Yes. Yes. I think I think Yeah. Uh Janet is pausing. Do you think there's I'll a chance? That.
3: Yeah, I think there's always a chance. I think we I mean my favorite game has already changed over the years. Like at first it was I think Mario sixty four was my go-to. And then upon reflecting more and aging, I lean on Jack Two. But even that I'm like I feel like Jack One was Jack and Daxter original is kind of competitive with that. Okay. But I like to think that there's something else to love out there at that level. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know, I feel like there's there's a, a possibility.
0: I, I think I'm too nostalgic to ever let Final Fantasy VII or Shadow of the Colossus go at this point, unless I'm holding out the chance that, you know, a hundred years from now, if there's just like the Omni game, well, I guess I w- wouldn't be alive a hundred years from now. Let's say 40 years from now, if they just have like <laughs> the Omni Science game, like, you know, the, I think,
1: I think 40 years is also optimistic.
0: All right. If we're saying like seven years from now, they have the, the super game, where it's just <laughs> three a, months from now. <laughs> if next week, when they Spider-Man
1: really, two comes out in
0: 2023. <laughs> that's right. No, if they just release a game that's basically, here's the world simulated. It's, you know, Microsoft flight simulator, but also the matrix. Uh, shove this jack into your head and then you can do whatever you want. Like, I feel like that's the only chance that I would really have for like, this is my new favorite game, just virtual wacky world now. That's all, that's all I can top, Final Fantasy 7 I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I in, mean my, in my mind, oh, go ahead, Kyle.
2: Well, I was just going to say, like, it really was, I really liked video games a lot, but then Ocarina of Time, like, really made me love video games and see them as, like, a different medium as a way to tell a story and, like, That that will just never be unseated, and it like I'm okay with that. I'm just change my whole perspective on what a video game can be and do. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I guess for me, so like my my favorite game is Final Fantasy VI, and that's one that I played. Um, well, okay, so a I played it at a young age. And that's also a time when you, like, I think you organize the world a lot more into favorites, right? Right. The best or, or like, or rankings or whatever. And like, it's like these days, I mean, there are games that I, that I probably enjoy as much or more or appreciate as much or more now, but my brain doesn't necessarily always go to like, is this a favorite or not a favorite? Like kind of thing. I don't know. I'm right. kind of making this point no, I, hand-handedly, yeah. but I, I, I guess the point is like, like as I age, I think I had, there's just more space for nuance and appreciation, a bigger tent, right? Like, Hey, I like all kinds of games. All you great games get in here rather than like, here's the seat at my right hand for my favorite game. You <laughs> right, know? right, right. And, but then tied into that is also just, I think like Kyle said with his game, is just that there's like, an eye opening moment, that pivot point where it's like, like that was the game for me where I liked games before. And then there was just something like uh, transformative about playing that game in the moment. That's never going to be like, I think lots of games can create that feeling for someone. But I don't know that that can be replicated once once it's happened.
0: Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'm a biggie boy writes in over on Patreon and says, now that you're recording live, do you actually feel alive Does anybody want to feel
3: this one? That's right.
0: Yeah. He's just asking (laughs) if you feel alive, Janet, right now.
3: Yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty alive. I'm pretty alert. Okay. Really just gunning for like the nap. I'm going to take after this. Honestly.
0: (laughs) I'm so alert. I'm nap gunning. Uh, Jared R. Meyer writes I'm leaving
3: it all on the floor. You know what I mean? I love it. This is the all of me. And at the end, there's just (laughs) unconsciousness.
1: You're the Jordan podcasting. What is life? If not nap anticipation.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And what yeah. is death, if not the greatest nap of all time?
3: Oh, See? hell yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> hell yeah, that sweet death nap. Ooh, <laughs> that's going to be sweet. Anyways, Jared R. <laughs> writes in and says, Hey guys, there's this little thing called the public domain that's really cool. It has IPs such as Peter Pan, Treasure Island, Dracula, the works of Shakespeare, the Great Gatsby, and is even about to add Winnie the Pooh. Is that right? God, that's cool.
2: Um, my question is... Well, Disney will step in. They, they Every time
0: oh, yeah. Mickey gets
2: close to being public domain, like You're
0: literally right. they keep like Disney in. will...
2: Right, and yeah. so they, they
0: can't lose Winnie either. Um, but my question is, yeah. why aren't indie developers utilizing this? These are fantastic, memorable properties that are playgrounds for everyone. Give me the Jane Austen dating sims. Give me the open world Treasure Island game. Give me Romeo and Juliet and a survival horror zombie game. Am I nuts? Books dip, dip into this well all the time, so why don't more video games? I love this question, Jared. I think you're absolutely right. It's not really done, and
3: I think the biggest thing you see so is like integrations,
0: like Project Steam having like Lincoln and stuff in there. Or yeah,
3: kind <laughs> of. Or like I, the first when I saw this question, the first thing I thought of was the game Dear Reader on Apple Arcade, which is one of my favorite yeah. Apple Arcade games. Where it's literally game so it's basically just gamifying like different texts like poems and novels and things and like there's different word games you play and it's all with that and you can even read all those books through that game that is like right, just straight yeah. up like for like a non-play mode. Um I'm also thinking of like The Longing which is that one weird indie yep. game we saw on the Switch show one of the indie showcases where it's like in real time sort of but you can speed up time. That has uh like some not full novels in it. I think about Animal Crossing having real paintings in it. Like yeah. I feel like we see integrations and pulling from that but I do think it, as much as it sounds cool to have like a zombie Romeo and Juliet I feel like people more so enjoy building on like the thematics that are laid from those materials rather than trying to like replicate and remix those materials but it feels like you remember
0: years ago when they released like chess 2 on steam and everybody at least in my circle least talked about it because like that's such a bold move and this is one of those amazing like epiphanies like of course There's no copyright on chess. Just release a game on Steam called Chess 2. It's hilarious. And you'll get a little more attention. Like, I'm amazed that, you know, there hasn't been some weird asymmetric multiplayer game that they just call Romeo and Juliet. I just feel like people aren't just tapping into that for the obvious easy headline, right? Um, Like there was a, there's a DS game. I don't know if you remember this one, Joe. Surprisingly cool RPG on the DS that was just Wizard of Oz. And it wasn't, like, tied into the movie. It was just, like, working off of the original book, I'd imagine, again. But it's like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, I, I picked up and played I it because I of that. I reviewed that. Okay. It's a I solid... review solid. that. Or if,
1: or if I didn't review it, it was so bad that I elected not to review it's
0: it. It's a solid JoJo a uh, 725. I'm feeling confident about that.
1: But, so, I, I guess, I, I really agree with Janet on that, though. It's like, I think that there's... Uh, well, okay, so... Already in in gaming and, and like, the way licensing works is, like, even the games with the biggest, most popular, like, global media juggernaut tie-ins are still, like, I mean, something like Avengers, for instance, right? Like, even that's not some guarantee of success. Right. I guess part of me wonders, like, if you're an indie developer and you're interested in exploring those themes, like Janet said, like, like, why would you not sort of repurpose them and make it your own? rather than sort of carrying the baggage of something like Romeo and Juliet? Because while ultimately that may, like, that may be a funny headline, like, oh, hey, look, it's Romeo and Juliet with zombies. Is that, like, is that really more of, like, a a gimmick than, like, a, well, an that actual, one's maybe like, adaptation of something, But right? what
0: about something like, yeah, Treasure Island or something? I do feel like there is a lot of opportunity. If somebody made, like, an open-world RPG and it was a Peter Pan Neverland, like, Sign me up, dude. That sounds great. I, I just feel like there's an avenue for it's not just a cheap gimmick.
1: I don't know. Because I guess I feel like, let's say, okay, so what are the elements of Peter Pan, right? Like a bunch of cool pirates, some kids up in the tree. I'm thinking a hook here. Fine. I love hook. That's
0: right. Yeah. Uh, yeah boot, and, and at,
1: the, at the centerpiece of it all is like you've got this immortal boy who can fly. Like, do you really need Peter Pan? To make yes. that interesting, or basically those,
3: Iron Man, you
1: know. Or are those elements that you sort of put your own, like put your own ownership on, your own, like like take ownership of put Joe, your own spin on it. I
0: know you're not like this, but the world today craves attention. And yeah, no putting your own spin on, look, it's a game where you're flying around and fighting pirates. People maybe would pay attention on the best case scenario. You you make a Peter Pan game about flying around and fighting pirates, it's going up on joystick, just for a very timely reference. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Big Joystick news. was a
1: good site, Ben, but it's been, what, 10 years? What? Almost?
0: No! Yeah. Anyway. Right. You know, uh, people are tweeting yeah. about it, I guess, is the new joystick. Anyways, yeah, I'm shocked. I think people should do it more. Right, Kyle?
2: Uh, no, I'm with Joe on this okay, one. Okay, cool. Do your own thing.
0: Yeah. Uh, Kyle, your camera's all blurry, by the way, unless you're, you you rub really Vaseline cool. on it to make yourself look good. I blurry. actually
2: do need to get going here soon, so maybe that's maybe that's the sign to to depart blurry camera time.
0: Are you leaving us right now?
2: Yeah, you said I could. You give me permission.
0: All right, do you want to clap out and I'll perfectly time it?
2: Yeah. All right. Oh, hey, you know what actually? Before I go, we yeah. sh- we missed it on the PlayStation showcase, but that game, I think it's pronounced Chia? Yeah. t-h-c-i-t-c-h-i-a
0: yeah. Game looks cool. Yeah, it's very what I wanted to say. It yeah, had a
3: glider. Well, it had a way to glide, so I thought of you immediately.
0: Yeah, turn into yeah, animals, you can all, glide around. Need, man. Yeah, it, se- it seems uh, cool. I'm curious to see more of that. But all right, Kyle, thanks for being here, dude.
2: Thanks for having me. Good to see you guys. Bye.
3: <laughs> we
2: good. Uh,
0: well, now you have to. Oh great, Kyle, we're still I'm live, Kyle. Again. Kyle, you're shattering all of the clap illusions. It's all gone. Oh. Okay, you gotta go, Kyle. Bye.
2: Do you want me to like leave my camera? and Kyle, to, like, do this. Does that help no. you? No, y-
0: this is worse. You need to leave right now, or else everything is shattered. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> okay, but- Jesus, this freaking guy. Okay, hang on. And now, so when
3: you say leave now. Is that like now, now. No, what? Janet, you stay. Oh, okay,
0: but you stay. Um, <laughs> what did he think was happening? All right, hey, hey look at this, everybody. We're, just don't look for the man behind the curtain. Hey, look at this, uh, everybody. Look at this. Victor FAM wrote in, and he says, "What games have had too much marketing to the point that you were tired of the game before it was even out?" Feels like we've seen Death Loop enough times that I have almost no interest in actually playing the
1: game at this point. Oh, uh, so like as someone who covered, like, sort of covered games on a daily basis on a sort of you know, like posting store, like news stories and stuff. Yeah. If I never see another mortal Kombat trailer for any, <laughs> how dare I'm, you? I would, I, it's just, it just felt like every day it was some new character reveal or some new fatality reveal or some new move that some character, it's just like <laughs> how every day there's a new mortal Kombat video leading up to one of those. Yeah, and okay. it's not like, I do not even remember which one it was. It's every Mortal Kombat game that I can remember for the last, I mean, the last, what, three entries,
0: yeah, I Yeah, it really, it so. never ends. Yeah, Deathloop was, is totally in this camp. I totally get it. I'm excited about that game. I feel like I and a lot of people were sold out on a long time ago with the pitch and style, and now it's just, here's a new song from the 60s or 70s and a new look at this island. So like, yeah, just let us play it already, please. Um, I think Far Cry 6 is in this territory for me. Like, I don't know how many times I need to show, hey, look, look, it's Gus, everybody from Breaking Bad. Don't you want to... Fight Tams? Yeah, give me the game now, please.
1: Yeah, anytime. Anytime a game has that at any E3 where they appear at multiple press conferences, it really sort of gets the like, oh boy, here we go. Kind right. of
0: right, right. Juice is flowing. Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Alex K submits a question over on Patreon. Which do we explain this, by the way? All these questions come from Patreon. Support us in any tier. You can submit a question every week. Sometimes I feel like we gloss over the basics. But anyways, Alex K. submitted a question and said, Hey, I just want to know uh, Joe's Columbo Day plans early this year. Can he bring some Columbo content to the MinMax channel?
1: <laughs> well... So with the pandemic and the Delta variant and the, you know, waves being what they are, I've actually, I've elected to not host the party again this year. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, which uh, last year, it, I also didn't host a party. And what I did is I sort of sent out little boxes with custom, custom printed USBs with Colombo episodes loaded on them oh so people could, wa- could watch them on their own, uh, which... Ended up being, uh, kind of expensive, which I was fine doing, but I no longer have a full-time job. So I'm <laughs> not, I don't think I'm going to do that same thing this year, but I have, I'm going to find some sort of solution to deliver Columbo to my, you know, to my guest list and, uh, figure that out.
0: Weren't so. you and Ross, the star Wars guy fund himself oh. talking about wanting to do some
1: nonsense. Yeah. So then and then as for bringing Columbo content to Min Max. Yeah. So uh, Ross and I were talking because he's a big fan of Murder, She Wrote. Right. And I'm a big fan of Columbo. These
0: are a couple cool so, guys, Janet, just in case you're wondering if you're looking for like a label. The label is <laughs> <laughs> cool,
1: guys.
3: Thank very, you. Very,
1: very young and hip dude. <laughs> uh, watching 70s mysteries.
3: Like what's going on? No. <laughs> <laughs> he
1: meant floppies.
3: I don't get, I don't get it
1: uh anyway so yeah he and i ross and i were talking about maybe coming up with some sort of like new show plus or something or like oh, a uh right. or or if not that maybe just some like you know one-off podcast episode or something that we can sort of figure something out there but yeah okay. it's still still in flux okay
0: we'll see let it, hey let us know in the comments don't Seriously, I'm scared you might break YouTube, so just one comment at a time, everybody. Take it easy. But if you have ideas for what type of Columbo I'm and Murder, Shiro content you want from Max, just let us know in the comments, everybody. Uh, let's see. Rick says, hey, y'all, what are your top five games on your Switch when you sort by total playtime? Any surprises in there? Uh, Janet, help me out. I was digging around. Is there a way to sort by total playtime? It just shows like the 20 most recent or something, right?
3: You can sort by total play time uh you go to like the all the games like all software and then you click r and then you click by total play time i will say i think there's a flaw in the system because i know at one point and i have a different switch than my original switch that i bought on day one yeah and like it tells me that like i played almost no splatoon and i i've put in hundreds of hours so it's an imperfect system for sure it's a definitely an imperfect i actually don't don't know what these hours are from when I hit the sword, cause I know it's inaccurate, accurate. So I'll probably have to just guess what mine are from this question. Just cause I don't know why the hours are, this does not I seem know, like.
1: What are the 10. inaccurate hours? Yeah. What are they telling like, well, you? What, oh what does it gosh. tell you? They are.
3: It tells me, I think at one point it said Splatoon two, you've played this for a little while. And I'm like, absolutely not. I've played this my entire life. <laughs> That's insulting. But like, but, what,
1: what are the, what does the switch think your top five are?
3: Oh, Well, right now, when I do sort by total playtime, it says Animal Crossing, Ring Fit. Those two might be true. Okay. Uh, Shikaku Shapes? That's not true. It's a puzzle game and it was hard. It took me a while. That's not true. Mario Kart Live Home Circuit? Look, I did spend a lot of time because I did the review. So I don't know. Maybe something. Then, like Eagle Island, I I played that game decently, but not, I didn't even beat it. Splatoon 2. So that, I feel like there's a lot of inaccuracies there, but. If I'm trying to remember my total play time, because when you click on your profile, it tells you the actual hours. It's a mess. Um, Probably Animal Crossing, Ring Fit, Splatoon 2. um, Maybe something like... Maybe Mario Maker 2? I feel like I went pretty hard on Mario Maker 2 when it first came out.
0: I trust the system. I think you put more time into Eagle Rock Mountain or whatever the name of that game was.
3: Eagle Island. And it's good. It's a good game.
0: All right. Uh, So mine... um, Sorting by total playtime, number one, Animal Crossing, number two, Breath of the Wild, number three, Smash Brothers, That's my which, other one. yeah, Smash is like 45 hours, apparently. Uh, then Puyo Puyo Tetris. I've put a lot of time to Puyo Puyo Tetris. Uh, excellent, excellent local competitive Tetris. Um, and then Pokemon Shield after that, so.
3: Yeah, I probably have, a, from yours, I actually think Breath of the Wild and Pokemon are probably in there above, like, maybe Mario Maker 2. So it's probably like Mario Maker Ring Fit. Animal Crossing, Pokemon, Breath of the Wilds, and then maybe like Splatoon 2 are probably yeah. my t- highest ones, all in the 50 or higher, hundreds for most of those.
1: Sure. Joe, you got them? Top five? Yeah. yeah. Yep. I looked mine up. My number one is Stardew Valley. Oh. Number two is Dragon's Dogma on Switch. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, three is Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Oh, yeah. Four is Animal Crossing New Horizons, and five is Octopath Traveler.
0: Love it. There you go. There you go, Alex. I mean, sorry, Rick. Um, Okay, look, this next question starts weird, but stick with me. Stick with me. Chandler Miller writes into Patreon and says, Hello, Joe and MinMax people. How often do you think about video game characters naked? How often do you contemplate the fact that if you removed a character's clothing, there would be no skin underneath? All you would be left with is a void. Am I weird for thinking about how the clothes are actually part of the character's being whenever video games clothes whenever video game clothes catch my attention, that whenever you change shirts in a game, you're actually swapping out entire torsos. Yeah, that's weird that you're so focused on it, Chandler, but I do think it's a fun idea to think about that it is just a torso changing and not actually clothes. They're not replicating fabric in any of these games. Maybe someone charted.
1: It could, that, that flannel shirt could just as well be like a big hairy chest that someone is just taking off to reveal a less hairy <laughs> chest. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's when are these cowards finally gonna put that in a game?
3: Uh, <laughs> no, it's Wolverine, probably.
1: That's true, actually. Yeah. <laughs> it's a
3: big, reveal. it's a big scene. He <laughs> shaves
0: off his skin.
1: The big reveal, he is really scrawny and hairless. <laughs> He's in one of those hilarious muscle suits all the time. Uh this it's it's an interesting idea because like there's there's sort of a related topic that I remember thinking about when I was reviewing uh when I was reviewing heavy rain and there was a nude scene in that where, like, the character—what was her name? The reporter—I think it was Madison Rain. There, yeah, I think it was Matt. Anyway, so where I'm the happy. report, the report. <laughs> ah, Mrs. Rain, nice to see you. <laughs> Please step into the shower. Ew. And so, but the, so the, there's a scene when Different she goes name. into. There's a scene when she goes into the shower and she takes her, you know, she takes her clothes off and. Like, I guess I'd like there'd been nudity in games before that. But for some reason, as I'm watching this, it's occurring to me like what a weird process it is. Like imagining someone at their computer using Maya or whatever, like 3D modeling program. My oh my. And, have, and having to take what's normally just a normal, like a, you know, a map of right. a body right. and be like, all right. Well, like, better add some realistic nipples on here. It's it's you know, like really someone, gross. someone has to actively make something look naked, right? You know? and right. I I don't know why that specific effort felt so str- like imagining that specific el- effort in that moment felt very strange to
0: me yeah like all the yeah. mass effect characters somebody had to model their butt cracks like okay let's get the curvature let's get this shape rolling it's it's really it's a it's a weird side of the industry but
3: talk about I, assets right
1: <laughs> yes
3: man but well, we did all the calculations <laughs> um yeah it's kind of weird. i think i only think of the fact that the fabric is not necessarily fabric when there's like those weird horrific glitches where like right, half right. the face comes off and you just see the pieces and stuff. Like that's probably the extent of it, but.
0: Yeah, I remember at some point Warren Spector in an interview was talking about, yeah, he's, he's he has to be smart in a lot of interviews. So he says a lot of stuff, but this one stood out to me where um where he said like, oh, it's just crazy that everything you see in a video game is only a pixel deep. That is weird. Like, nothing is solid in a video game. Even, like, the most solid game ever made, which I would argue is, like, inside. It's still just everything in that game is only one pixel deep, as far as I understand. Let me know, developers, if that's mm. not true.
3: So, also, oh. I think the weirdest thing about the... Uh, I actually haven't played Heavy Rain, but I, like, was watching someone stream it, and, of course, if you're streaming that game with a nudity, you're like, oh, my God, like, I can't eh. really show nudity. So look. Like, you see a lot of clips of streamers moving their camera quickly, trying <laughs> oh, to hide, no. you know like the you know her her like nipples for lack of a less graphic term i guess but what's funny about that scene to me is um that she takes off her clothes to shower normal stuff but then when she's out of the shower she puts back on those clothes who's taking off their underwear to shower and put back on the same underwear
1: yeah that's that's a weird move that's a weird like
3: that's so upsetting
1: yeah Time get to it. get the same kind of dirty, but just reset the clock.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's like, I flipped it inside <laughs> out. It's all. Yeah. It's all <laughs> <laughs> I
1: oh, so also, if you want to see oh, a yeah. uh, uh, tangent, but the funniest heavy rain thing that you can look up online is the deliberately failed race through the marketplace. It's like it's not the oh, Jason man, stuff. I want to
3: play this now.
1: It's, it's been it's been several years since I've seen this video, but there's there's someone who's recording. It's like you basically have to do a bunch of quick time like button presses to uh, like jump over chickens and slide across <sighs> right, counters as right. you're like chasing after this. Anyway, there's the person's playing is like deliberately failing them. <laughs> So this chase just ends up being this cartoonish thing where you're like bumping into people and stepping on chickens and tripping over things. And the person watching it just has one of those infectious laughs where like, (laughs) as it's going on, they're just cackling the whole time and it is impossible to not cackle along. So Uh, look that up. Look that up, everybody.
0: Uh, Podbod submits a question on Patreon and says, yo, yo, yeah, yeah, and the CLCs. That's us. What do you think is the best simple invention? I'm not talking cell phone or car. I'm talking about basic creations that help us a lot each day. I'm talking fork, underwear, pillow, towel, umbrella, screw. A lot of examples. So what do you think is the best simple invention?
3: How basic is simple though? I feel like a fork is kind of complex to me. (laughs) What fork fork are you using? If that's it, like like i saw a pop socket for this like super simple you don't really need it if we're going that simple which to me isn't simple at all probably like a like a tampon or a menstrual pad i feel like that was a revolution okay in itself. yeah that's
0: pretty good i think tampon would count for simple invention i mean yeah
3: pads and pop sockets that's what i'm going with
0: that said if like i, think- I was in the wilderness and my significant other needed this i don't think i could make them a tampon out of the forest so I'm to I think. definitely
3: would not. Do not put forest tampons inside of yourself. Wait,
0: we're not, so
1: we're de- not talking about like DIY survival.
0: In I think that's here. a good definition of simple. Like I could make a fork in the woods if I really had oh, to. Okay.
3: So you have to be able to make it? Is that I don't what know. That's just, that's you can't make underwear.
0: <laughs> like you just Watch r- me.
3: Dropping Victoria's Secret style labor. Yeah.
1: I can get like some like- bark off an Aspen. My, my answer to this, I, I think is can opener. But again, okay. I guess that you doesn't, definitely can't
3: make that. Can't, I I can't All right, forget the make. Thing.
0: Thing. Forget the make thing. That's confusing. Yeah. What? Okay. I got
1: like, for a can, for a can opener like that that revolutionized this whole like food food storage preservation and and things like that. Right. Like yeah. if you can if you can store make like shelf stable things store them in cans to preserve them, and then like use this can opener to access them when you want to. I think that's like that's pretty high up there and. Yeah. Like awesome quality of life. the scrub great. Daddy's
3: pretty good. That sponge. Scrub mm-hmm. daddy. It's like it can be hard and soft depending on the water temperature. Like that's the only sponge I use now. Okay.
0: That sounds good. Uh, shoehorn. Don't leave your house without a shoehorn. No.
3: You know, I don't have a shoehorn anymore. We used to we <laughs> had one. I don't one? have one. Yeah, like, I, they're nice. Like, I always, I still slide my feet into the shoes. Like, I haven't unlaced in years, but.
0: Oh, of course. Yeah, you're not a uh, mad woman. Uh, I, I was joking. I was I, for that. The shoehorn is, I remember grandparents were all about shoehorns. I was like, what is silly It's great. Thing? Have you ever used a shoehorn? I used it as, like, a novelty over at Third Place, but I never thought, like, I need to buy a shoehorn. Okay, okay. But,
3: you don't need to buy it, but I guarantee you, if you had it, you would always use
0: it. <laughs> so silly. All right. The Min
1: Max shoehorn, used- new merch you ever use shoe trees? My grandparents used shoe trees. Oh, it's like a coat rack, but for t- shoes? No, it's like, or uh, maybe it, maybe I have the wrong word. The thing I'm thinking of is like, it's almost like I a wooden, it's like a wooden foot. It's like, it's like a oh my wooden God, I'm scared. shape. It's like a wooden yeah. shaped Bro, thing. Okay, and my says, dad had it? one of these, yes. You put them inside the shoe to help it hold the yeah. shape. But it's like, yeah, it, lo- it looks like a weird, like, mm-hmm. like wooden skeleton foot almost. it looks like
3: like part of pinocchio's like attachment or something <laughs> like the yeah, yeah, style. Yeah. okay i have not used those i don't think i would use that. that is something if you gave me i don't think i would use them like maybe yeah. it'd be, i don't know but like that's something my dad would use for like maybe like dress shoes you know like you wouldn't just put any put that in any shoe but yes i this is like memory unlocked i didn't know what they were called
0: <laughs> it's so- weird that with the rise of sneaker culture and janet you're, you're hip you're you're down with the rise of sneaker culture I haven't seen an equal rise of shoehorn and shoe trees. Like, shoe accessories don't seem to be rising. Or am I just not hip? Do sneaker pros, like, are they really into shoehorns?
3: I mean, I am not, like, a certified sneakerhead. I, like, like shoes, but I'm broke and lazy. So, but um, I don't think that's really a part. I feel like more of the cleaning is the big thing. Like, crep protect and stuff like that. Like, making sure you have all that. And, like, some people maybe buy, like... Stuff for the outside of your sneaker if it's, like, raining and muddy. But honestly, most people would just use grocery bags for that. Like, if you're really about this life and you're like, I'm not trying to mess these up, you take some grocery bags and then you just go about your, go about your day.
0: Yeah, yeah, all right. Um, what about this? Uh, t- double whammy. Sunscreen. Does that count? Simple invention? It's like a whole chemical concoction.
3: Yeah, like... Okay. I feel like, I feel like for simple, I read this as, like, you really don't need it. It's really basic. But, like, it's it's good. Like, it okay. can't be, like... Y'all are out here like, oh, the wheel, pretty simple, like. <laughs> right,
0: right. Okay, well, okay. Here, here's, here's a here's a real contender. Factory. It, it, correct me if this is wrong and not technically an invention. I think it counts as an invention. Heimlich maneuver. Does that count as an invention? It, it was invented it, it, in, it, in like the '60s, which seems. It does.
3: Pretty but, like, no, one, to- no one likes that guy.
1: <laughs> yeah. I- also, I feel like you say it's simple, but it's also, like, really easy to mess up. Like, with a can opener, you open a can and you have it. The I Heimlich have will mess mover... up opening
3: the can. Okay, you yeah. Can like hit it the wrong way. You're going to cut yourself.
0: 100%. You see somebody do the Heimlich, you see somebody open a can, you then have to dive in and do one of them. You will more you successfully do, do the Heimlich like, I I maneuver. I have
3: to open this can of beans. <laughs> <laughs> no, I way. choked on the beans. <laughs> no, no, no. no, no. no. <laughs>
1: Ben, I am, I am upset at how dangerously easy you think the Heimlich maneuver is. I think like, I can it's do It's not, it. it's not just what you've seen on TV shows and stuff. You need to like, like, you can't just be like, I think the Heimlich maneuver is just hugging someone from behind and squeezing them. You, <laughs> you can really hurt someone that
0: way. No, Joe, I've so. seen uh, Mrs. Doubtfire at least four times, and I think I can do the Heimlich based on that scene.
1: Okay. Yep. Super yeah. easy. Never Thank mind. You.
0: Um, hey, Crater writes in and says, When Nintendo released NES games for the Switch Online, they also made NES controller Joy-Cons. When they released Super Nintendo games, they released a Bluetooth Super Nintendo controller. With Nintendo rumored to release Game Boy games to Switch Online, do you think we'll get a Joy-Con that's just the bottom half of a Game Boy? Excellent question. No, but that does sound very fun.
1: I get we might get, like, what, Game Boy colored Joy-Cons?
0: Okay, really? sure. But this classic you think is, is too retro for them? I think they would want to lean into that nostalgia. Mm. The Game Boy
3: and watch. It's like okay, even smaller. But that's the Game Boy Micro. Re-release the Game Boy Micro. Yep, that's the, that's
0: the solution. Um, Justin Mick writes in and says, Hey, everybody. Every time there's a new Sony presentation, I get excited thinking about some of the old gems of the PlayStation 1 that will somehow find a return. Games like Jet Moto, Siphon Filter, Legend of Dragoon, and Colony Wars, hell yeah, Colony Wars, are all, P- old, are all old PS1 games that I, would still, that I still love and would gladly welcome some sort of return. Are there any semi-obscure PS1 games you hope will someday be brought back?
1: I have two big ones on Please. this front. Vagrant Story. Ooh, very good. And I mean, and that, and uh, Valkyrie Profile, though... Valkyrie Profile did get some follow-ups, but um, it is definitely like out of the common consciousness now, right? And yeah. I, I love that game.
0: Vagrant Story is a game that my friend had, and I loved RPGs, especially in that era. And I remember looking at it and just thinking, I am not smart enough for this game. And then like last year <laughs> or something, somebody was just posting like gameplay clips of Vagrant Story. And it was visually, I think the coolest thing I've ever seen on the PS1. It just looks
1: ridiculously cool. V- Vagrant Story is just an amazing game. Back when, um, back when they announced, when they sort of had the, the fake out PS stores closing down earlier right, this year, right, right, I went, I went and did a, a, on a purchasing spree, and I'm pretty sure that Vagrant Story is one of those that I was like, oh, I don't own a physical copy of this. I need to buy the digital version of Vagrant Story so I can, you know, go back to that again someday, which. I might never do, but yeah, I, I would like to be able to do. So. I get it. Is, is it set in yeah. technically, or is it just the creator? I, I think it is. Okay. Oh, it's been, I'm, it's, it's been a long time. That's something I should know off the top of my head. Yeah. I, just, I know this a is a,
0: a stupid little factoid, but I always love that Vagrant Story. It's technically in the credits they list as Vagrant Story colon The Phantom Pain as the name. It's like, oh, it's cool to have that weird Metal Gear connection. Hmm. Um, Which I think invented the phrase Phantom Pain. Uh, But yeah, mine is also uh, from Square. That was Square that did Vagrant Story. Yeah, it must have been, yeah. Um, Yeah.
1: uh, And Valkyrie Profile. Well, no, Valkyrie Profile was Enix before before they fused.
0: Um, But mine, uh, Joe, I I don't think I've ever talked to you about this game, which is rare, because I think we've talked about every game under the Sun, but Threads of Fate was an action RPG on the PlayStation 1 that I really enjoyed. I don't know how well it's aged, but that seems like Nobody has talked about that game since the month after it released, but that was cool, man. I don't know Threads of Fate. What? Really? No. 1999. But you could in
3: this alternate universe where these games come back.
0: Just imagine. Uh, ooh. I know that <laughs> I think um, everybody would leave the Patreon, but imagine if we did a deepest dive on Threads of Fate. Just like going Oh, yeah, the before cut. Chrono
1: Cross. Right, they, right. The, yeah. We hear the people's that's the, PS, the PS1 RPG people want from Square. <laughs> threads of Fate. Everyone. Hell yeah, get Mint and Rue back in action.
0: <laughs> um, anyways, let's see. Uh, Jason Wojnar writes in and says, Hello, everybody. Game Informer, who's that? Has a new segment called Heat Map on their podcast where they ask listeners to send in an audio recording of a hot take they believed in. I submitted that Uncharted 4 is the weakest game in the Uncharted series and everybody in the show basically tore me a new one. Jason, first of all, You are wildly incorrect uh, on that theory. Um, But I listened to that episode and it did make me laugh. They're like, oh, that seems like a fun segment for a show. And then everybody who submitted a message, they were just annihilated for five minutes after the room, being like, that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Welcome to the the industry. Yeah, I guess that's basically it, right? Um, Anyways, uh, Jason says, aside from the logic of tearing someone down for giving you something you asked for, have you ever stated a video game opinion or hot take that got you laughed out of the room? For example, like somebody really, really liking Metroid Other M. Joe, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, but...
1: Uh, no, yeah. I don't like Metroid Other M. <laughs> <laughs> Stop telling people I, I like heard Metroid otherwise. Other M.
0: I heard otherwise from Andy That's McElroy. He's a very
1: reliable source. Uh, no. No, I'm like, I'm actually, I'm really interested in Janet's answer to this one because, uh, No, as, as, as someone, as someone who's been listening to, you know, the, the min-max show for a long time, like since you've come on, I've, I've always enjoyed your ability to like, uh, state an opinion, even if it's not like a consensus opinion and support it well, you know, and as someone oh, who thanks. like, as someone who's like, I, I like, game reviews and stuff like that i really I, I appreciate a well-constructed argument and i feel like you're you're very good at that and i want to hear what you have to say but no pressure you don't yeah. have to defend it you can just I say mean, the hot take
3: I, I will say well my hot take is that i i don't you know a lot of people say like oh like jay, jay out here with the hot takes like and that's you know i'm glad people appreciate my voice and things but like my hot take is i don't think i really have hot takes because to me a hot Ooh. take is you kind of know it's not true and you're kind of just trying to like get a rise like, like when people say like breath of the wild isn't good i'm like yes all right, man, like you could just do your thing, I guess. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I have definitely opinions that are are not consensus or, or necessarily well-received. I mean, I think my most recent one is that like the Uncharted series is overrated, which I stand by that. I'm playing four finally for the first time and it's fine, but I, it's not blowing my mind. I think a lot of times like my hot takes are this game isn't mind-blowing, which yeah. I feel like is not that crazy to say about any game, even if the game is mind-blowing. So I'm trying to think if there's one that's like, really wild um i guess maybe i didn't like new super mario bros u like i feel like some people bah. really like that i didn't think it was very good that, like i don't know like that's frigid. Yeah, that is
0: of, <laughs> room temperature take of, maybe
3: today with a uh, Ico or whatever like okay not liking sure? no? okay yeah like i think those games are just uh, they're kind of designed to be a little frustrating but i feel like they're just kind of clunky and i like, think going back really to into that, them but
0: yeah going back to it i think yeah. it would be a little bit tricky as much as i love that game when it came out
1: um yeah and this this question gets a little clo- like a little close to the comment like what's your most controversial gaming opinion right to? right but like the one that the one that i remember like getting laughed out of the room like it it not really a hot take because i i did like genuinely believe it is that like that final fantasy VIII was a good game and better than final fantasy IX, and that was one of those things where i think in the wake of ff7 FF8 was not what people wanted or expected. And then when nine was sort of this throwback to the older days, I think people really liked that and sort of made eight this black sheep when it remains like one of my you know favorite games in the, in the series. Oh, also I gave metal gear solid four a 10 and right. people do not agree with that one either. But. It's a tough 10, Joe. Love that game. That's a, that's a tough 10 baby. Uh,
0: hey, or also on your hot take, uh, I remember 2013, you argued that Bioshock, well, I think you you conceded quickly, but you argued that Valve's Infinite should be the game of the year over the Last of Us. Sean was like, oh, that's that's a hot take." I think for that year.
1: Uh, I mean, I would not. I think time has proven me incorrect. On that. <laughs> oh, what a what a uh, big man! Yeah, yeah, but but at the same time, like, I don't I don't know that in the moment that was a well, like, I, I don't feel like that was outrageous in okay. the moment. Okay, all right. right, all right, that's fair. But, uh
0: Donnie submits a question over on Patreon and says, Hey friends, how often do you wash your everyday mug? Oh, and one more thing. I almost forgot, Joe. What would be your ideal Columbo video game? <laughs>
1: uh boy. So I I think about I think about this a lot, and I go back and forth because like so much of what makes so much of what makes Columbo good as a show for me is like, is that, whoa, is that you don't have like, is, is that there is no input in it, right? It's so <laughs> the, un, the unfolding of the mystery is so carefully scripted, right, right? That you can't just like give players a bunch of clues and have them sort of like fumble, fumble through it. I I the more I think about it the more I think the the way you need to do it is almost like an like an ace attorney game. Yep. Like it's almost just got to be a visual novel where the characters and the like and the story sort of built without your control until the moment where they're like what is the critical piece of evidence and then you can feel like a smart person for saying it's this. I figured it out. But like if you make it a normal adventure game, which is what I thought I wanted for a while, then it's like, oh, here's Columbo trying to combine, a, you know, haphazardly a bunch of items in his inventory and they're not working. And it's like, that that's not what you want.
0: That's true. That's fair. Uh, Steister writes in and says, hey, CLCs. Hey, what about the mug? Oh, the mug. Um, I Yeah, I, I guess I do every day, but a quick rinse. Like, it's a while before I do the big scrub because it kind of gets all dirty and tea stained on the inside
3: oh see i always like well i don't always scrub i put it in the sink and someone in my apartment cleans usually the dishes i don't do a lot of dishes in my apartment admittedly saint. um but uh what is this everyday mug like no i have like 12 mugs and i'm trying really? to get more like there's no everyday mug really like i have this mug i have my like you know mario mug i have my second mario mug like and i have an odyssey mug a general mario mug you know this la mug um a uh, Celeste mug, like a, like, Rise and Shine or something mug, a couple of mugs from Daiso. Like, y'all out here with just one mug? Y'all yeah. live in this one mug light in your home? Like maybe in an office We're or something. You on up. And bring your whole cabinet.
0: Mugama mag- uh ma-
3: ma- can somebody help me say this
0: word? <laughs> you're not Mugonis? Mug mugonomus? Your, a- mag- yeah, mugonomus, I think is the word I'm looking for. Oh to. my
3: God, like like monogamy monogamy. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's mugs. <laughs> that's, <laughs> <the, laughs>
0: that's the drug. Oh, Actually, drink. In these, what's
3: in these mugs <laughs> what's yeah, going on right now?
1: It's a mess. Um hey, anyways, yeah. hey, that's a, that, that's how my that's how my wife does it too. We have a we have a cabinet full of mugs and she just sort of uses a new one every day and and cycles through them with the wash. I use the same one the same one basically every day. Just fill it up and basically Rinse it out every day and give it the scrub every week. There we go. I don't know yeah. how much I
0: wonder how much Donnie actually wanted to know about the mug stuff versus just wanted just do to do the that one more thing. Yeah. Hey, don't yeah. play around. Pierre. Don't play around with mug talk. Uh, <laughs> Steister uh, submits a question and says Hey, CLCs, I've got a game for you to put your video game knowledge to the test. In Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, when fighting on the boxing ring stage from Punch Out, on the screen in the background, the characters are displayed with a title describing that character. Jojuba, for example, when Sonic the Hedgehog is displayed, he's described in the boxing arena as the blue, br- uh, the blue blur. So can you name these characters just from their title in the punch out stage in Super Smash with his ultimate? Okay, I, 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 it might not be as hard as you think. Scoundrel with a fart of gold. Wario? Wario, congratulations. Wants to be the very best. Like no one on ever on there we go. Great job, Janet. Uh mm. the prescriber. Dr. Terrible. Mario. Oh my god, amazing. Master of two dimensions.
1: I don't know enough of, one of I don't the, know Sword the Brother yeah. Yeah,
0: <laughs> No, no, think more like a t- the only 2D fighter. Is the hand guy in there? No, is that him? (laughs) him? (laughs) Nope. Uh, Chat's got it. That is game and watch. Congratulations. Ah. Uh, Okay, yeah. The BMI bandit. Oh, uh, we fit trader. Yeah, way to go. Omnivore of the year. Kirby. You would think so, but no. No, That's correct.
3: Well, meat and leaves. Omnivore.
0: (laughs) But this is is a character that also (laughs) eats a lot but it eats it by licking it up.
3: tongue? N- no, that's not right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Says boing hop a lot. Janet, you streamed his game, this Noble Characters game, earlier this year, because it's the first game you ever played. Yoshi? Yoshi, there we go. The
3: Yoshi uh, himself?
0: Ooh, this one's tricky. Joe, but it's up your alley. The Warrior oh. Within. What Smash character were they list as the Warrior Within? Not the warrior you're used to seeing but the one inside of that one star of one of your favorite games of all time on the wii what it, the, she's in the oh, game oh is it samus there we go zero
3: suit seven, oh, zero <laughs> two, two, seven, wow. seven.
0: uh all right last okay. one is bloom of your doom
3: is it uh, Pete Piranha
0: Plant? There we go, way to go, Janet. Killing it, very impressive. I wouldn't have gotten that one.
3: All oh, this useless Nintendo knowledge finally mm-hmm. going to work.
0: You got it. Um, all right, Joe, unprompted, what's the question of the week? Who wins the Mega Man X cartridge?
1: So I knew what, what it was <gasps> and I went to write it down and then I got distracted and I never wrote it down. Okay, so great. I am actually gonna need a run through.
0: <laughs> okay, great, if you could just show us the piece of paper that has one line on it, we'd appreciate it. Um, let's see, I like, I like hot takes. I like Simple Inventions. I like naked characters. Oh, that's the one. That I simple like invention. Simple Invention one. Yeah. Yeah. Janet, you like it too? Same. Yeah. All right. Because Con-
3: we didn't know how to answer it.
0: <laughs> there we go. Congratulations, Podbod. You just won question of the week from I am8bit. Uh, and by the way, you can always go to IM8Bit's online store to buy a lot of these items yourself if you're interested. And use that promo code Wake Me Up with No Spaces for 10% off. We'd appreciate it. Now it's time for something we like to call get a load of this. <laughs> Uh all right. Hey Joe, do you have something that we should get a
1: load of here? Yeah, I do. It's actually it's it's there is a link to it, but it's not okay. Here's here's what it boils down to. Do you remember that thing on Twitter? Uh maybe a year or more ago that was like, okay, imagine an apple in your mind's eye, and what do you see? And it sort of gave you some options, and one was like sort of fully 3d apple. And one was sort of a flat apple. And one was a gray blobby apple. You remember this? No, Janet, did you
3: see this? I don't think I saw this specific one, but I've seen things like this. So it's sort of,
1: it's sort of a, the idea is to, is to sort of demonstrate that just different, like the spectrum of ways that people, uh, see things in their mind's eye and how alien it is when someone else describes the way they see something, right? right? So like for me, I can picture an apple in my head and I can rotate it around and stuff like that. But I have a friend who absolutely cannot even like imagine the picture of an apple when he closes his eyes. What? You know? Yeah. Like, There's a word people, for that. People are just, have varying degrees of being able to picture things. Okay. So in the wake of this sort of thing and in talking to some other people about it, I was like, well, like, wondering what else about the way like I think about things is that I just take for granted it's like maybe different or other people don't see like different from the way other people function sure and one of the things that I found is that when you talk to me about like numbers or dates that I that there's just sort of like an involuntary like number line that I see in my head so it's like if I, if I tell you to like what? count To 20 on a number line. You can consciously do that, right? Like you like, okay.
0: Visualize a number line. You can,
1: yeah, you can like deliberately visualize a number line. But what I'm saying is that like, there's just this sort of like spatial arrangement in my head that I don't need. That doesn't even like consciously happen. It's weird. It's just, it's just there. I just see it. And I. (laughs) so we're getting a load of your mind. Well, so I was looking this up to see what, to see like why, th- what this is. And it's part of a phenomenon called uh, st- uh, synesthesia. So one of the, one of the ways, so I guess that's kind of, I guess that'll be my like link is just like Wikipedia <laughs> slash synesthesia. Yeah. But it's just this fascinating thing about the way people's minds work and the way they can actually like. Uh, synesthesia is about like tying your perceptions together. Right. So the thing about this that you maybe have heard about the most is like certain people when they think about a, a number might think about it as a certain color. Right. right. So it's like, Oh, four. Four is blue. And for that person, like for almost their whole life, like it doesn't change. For that person, four is just always blue. Yes. When they imagine. Four. I have a friend who like also has like emotions attached to numbers like the numbers one through 10 have like specific personalities in his mind when he thinks about creepy. That. Yeah. It's just, it's just nuts. Okay. So uh, it must yeah. be really hard. So anyway, so, it's, it, so the whole, that just sent me down a rabbit hole, the synesthesia Wikipedia page. Yeah. So uh, that's, that's a weird thing I've been thinking about. Get a load of that.
0: There we go. For the AFI fans out there, we learned about synesthesia a long time ago. Great song.
1: Uh,
0: hey, get a load of this. Uh, the super monkey ball Twitter account won't stop. And they tweeted out that the Dreamcast launched in the U.S. on 9.99. Now, 22 years later, the Dreamcast, Saturn, and Game Gear are rolling into the world of Super Monkey Ball Banana Mania, and the new characters are just the console. So it's literally just a Game Gear inside of a monkey ball floating around. (laughs) It is so stupid, but we are beyond the effort point for guest characters at this point because at this point it's just throw everything in there if it's silly it'll get headlines and it works so i'm very excited to play as a game gear in super monkey ball janet you got something
3: yeah get a load of this uh the nick jr twitter account had uh they're celebrating blue clues 25th anniversary and they had a video from steve who was the original like person there right, for blues right. clues and uh it's funny because in the video, he looks like kind of like a like th- people have talked about how, you know, he look he has like these really big hipster glasses and like a like a hat. He kind of is giving like fake Moby vibes from that High Mission Mother episode where they thought they met Moby. Uh-huh. But putting that aside. <laughs> Uh, please watch the video because it's so heartwarming. Like, I don't know who, you know, if he wrote it, if, like, I'm sure a lot of people wrote it and edited it and stuff, but, like, it's just so well-worded, and it's basically just him saying, like, hey, you know, I went off to college, and, you know, I did all these things, and, like, you grew up too, and, like, okay, I'm getting, like, weirdly emotional talking about it because it's really beautiful where he's, like, um, you know, saying things like a lot of time has passed, and, you know, some of it's been hard. Like, I'm sure, you know, you're aware of that, and we sort of grew together, and I did all this, like with you in mind and like you're it it was just very moving um and then also if you look at the replies there are of course some uh hilarious memes like there's just a lot of good reactions of people like quoting it and then putting like crying memes and stuff like that but it's honestly uh really well said uh and it has like 34.8 million views which is bonkers because the twitter account has like 80 because nick jr twitter account, right 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 following nick jr uh 34 million views like it's if you haven't seen it yet, please go watch it. It's very moving.
0: That's amazing. Just the power of one good speech. Yeah, way to go.
1: Well, and I was curious. So Janet, you were you a fan of Blue's Clues? Like, was that in your, in your orbit when you were growing up?
3: I was indeed. I don't know how year-wise, like, try not to think too much about it. Because every now and then I consume media that's, like, older or younger. And then it seems like, oh, so you're 80 or 8 <laughs> right now. And I'm like, neither is true. Uh-huh. But, you know? Yeah, but I did grow up watching Blue's Clues. Um... Yeah, so it was. I'm like, you're right, Steve. I do have student loans. <laughs> <laughs> it's rough really out here.
1: Like Blues, Blues Clues was was uh, like I don't know that that was. I was too old. I was too old for that when when that sort of hit its stride. Yeah, and I I watched that also, and I found it I found it very moving. But to see the the response that it was getting from people right. who watched the show, right. it was there's an element of like I think it had to be there to to really get this, but you can still get something out of it, even if yeah. you weren't a Blue's Clues fan. Cause like, I, like it, it is a very well, well-made and, and well-written speech. It's the video,
3: it's like. a good video game remake of speeches posted on Twitter. It's like, oh, if you were there from the beginning, it hits really hard. But even if not, worth checking out. Yeah,
0: there we go. There's a link for all this stuff uh, below. Uh, We also pulled one from the community. There's a a get-a-load of this channel. It's the best source of news in the world, on the internet at least, in the MinMax Discord. There's a whole channel dedicated to it. Uh, Mike Lynch posted just one of these fun things. And it's not trying to poke fun at at people from Scotland because there's a million things (laughs) I couldn't do. But this this really made me laugh, and it's just fun to listen to. But uh, there's a YouTube video called Some Scots Can't Say Purple Burglar Alarm. So here's a Scottish person trying to say "purple burglar alarm."
1: Um, there's some Scottish people that kind of say "purple burglar alarm," "purple burglar alarm," "purple burglar alarm," "purple burglar alarm," "purple burglar
0: alarm, purple burglar, alarm, purple burglar, alarm, burglar, burglar
3: burglar," "purple burglar, burglar."
0: There it is, everybody! Purple burglar alarm. Congratulations, Mike Lynch. Thanks for sharing that. It got a. Ferocious headshake from Joe Juba. Uh, hey, thanks everybody for watching, listening to this episode of the Midmax Show podcast. We appreciate it. if you listen to this. You can always subscribe to the YouTube channel and watch the video version. If you watch this, you can always subscribe to the Midmax Show podcast on your favorite podcast app. It's free, and you can listen to it uh, at your earliest convenience. Um, let's see plugs. We have a new episode of Better Quest up this week. Uh, the show with Jeff Cork and myself, where we set personal goals. Uh, we gave each other mystery goals this month. So we didn't know what we we're going to get from the other person. And Cork gave me a good but simple one, which is take one recommendation every week. Instead of just somebody recommending something and be like, yeah, yeah, okay. Just humoring them and moving on. It could be anything. I have to every week now agree to like, all right, I will actually do that thing that you recommended I watched or recommended I change my life doing. So uh, that's, a, that's a fun one to, to work our way through. But it's also for the first month, we have a community-wide goal. So if you're looking for a good way to jump into BetterQuest and set a personal goal for yourself, here's a nice entry point, nice easy one, nice and visual. Cook a new meal and share a picture with us on Twitter at MinMaxShow, on Instagram, MinMaxShow, or in the BetterQuest channel on the Discord, and then we will share it. But just cook a new meal, take a picture of it, and share it, and jump in the BetterQuest community because it's a very lovely community. Also, uh, heads up. The new episode of Trivia Tower is happening Monday, September 13th at 8 p.m. Central. We're going to be joined by Christian Spicer from the DLC podcast, also the official Last of Us podcast, also a professional comedian, Um, going back to Weekend Confirmed. I've been a big fan of his for a while. So he is the co-host for this episode of Trivia Tower. Joe, do you know how Trivia Tower works?
1: I do. Okay, great. So all you have to do, Joe. Let me tell you about it. Yeah, yeah, please. It's It's a gaming trivia game. Where uh, you have a cool guest host who comes in, b- leverages their own special expertise to do several rounds, and at the end of it, there's some sort of prize, like Astro headsets or something. <laughs> That's right.
0: Astro Unless flooded. it's
1: the grand round, which happened to- Grand in Ran round. Ran round. We gotta
0: get it out of our system. That's right. But if you jump in at <laughs> patreon.com slash at with two wins even at that two dollar tier, just one month for two dollars, you can jump in and compete in video game trivia. You support us on Patreon, you get access to the Discord link. Click on that link, and you compete right there. You don't even need to download anything. This can be even in your browser for Discord. So let us know if you have any questions. But for $2, you help support Independent Games Media. If you enjoy MinMax, it's a great way to support us. And you can compete in video game trivia and win game codes for Aliens Fire Team Elite. It takes two, a bunch more options, and then, yeah, an Astro A40 headset and Janet. This is a big special episode because you're welcome to play solo. But for one month only, we're introducing duos because this is... Okay, you ready? Are you ready with the echo, Janet? Okay. This is Trivia Tower, the Buddy System edition.
3: Buddy system, system, <laughs> wow. system. Wow, it's like system. I'm in a cave. This is you unbelievable. You know what? Just say it a couple more times. We're gonna get there. This was um, I was not prepped for this pre-record. <laughs> yeah, no, I get it. That's fine. That's fine. We're working on it. Like 24 <laughs> no, hours. Joe, no, No. Literally, I like heard it, and it was like reading sheet music. I was like, oh, don't mess this up. I was like, it's too much to. But it's too much to do.
0: The way this works is you can invite somebody new to the Patreon. They have to be new. If you invite somebody new, have that person send me a message on Patreon and say, hey, I'm the buddy of this person. You two are now locked in as a team. If one person wins, you both win. Even just like if you make it to the third floor, if one of you makes it to the third floor, you both get codes. So you have doubled your odds of winning Trivia Tower for this month only if you invite a new person into the Patreon. And let us know if you have any questions. We're happy to explain. Let us know if you're confused, but we'd love to see you for Trivia Tower this Monday. All right, that's it for my plugs. Uh, Joe, what do you have to plug, man?
1: Well, I don't. know. I mean, these days I have been doing uh, a little bit of consulting. I Ooh, guess. Oh, interesting. So, you know, if you are if you are listening to this and you are on the you know business slash development side of it, and you want someone to do some mock reviews for you or something, uh reach out. There we go. That's what I can. That's what I can plug. Otherwise, I don't know. Be kind. Just be kind to people. There you go. That's beautiful, man. That's really beautiful.
0: Well, hey, thank you so much, Joe, for being here. We appreciate it, Janet. Thank you for being here, being a champion. Wait,
1: wait, wait. Yeah, does Janet not get to plug anything? Oh no, oh no. We we can't allow that.
0: Janet, the floor like is subscribe. yours. What would you like, Janet? If you could point people one direction.
3: Yeah, uh, I would say uh, it's funny because you're like, you know, just be kind, and I'm like, like and subscribe pen to Panda Pixels. That's my. Uh, outlet that I have, uh, it's pendapixels.com, has a Twitter handle, has a YouTube. Uh, I've been doing my reviews on there. I've reviewed quite a few games. I'm quite tired, but I I <laughs> I've liked how all of them have come out. So uh, please check that out. If you like my takes here, I think you'll like them even more there. If you don't like my takes here, try me there, more formal context. Maybe that'll do it for you. So either way, that's where you're going. Pen there we pixels.
0: go. Awesome. Cool! Thanks to everybody who supports us at the fifty dollar tier. The thank you crew over there if you support us at that tier, we record a custom private thank you video and thank you not only in the description of every midmax video and podcast, but also out loud right now. So thank you to Fixture Gaming's Fixture S1, I am Eight Bit, Ludwig Roque, Zachary Pliggy, Andrew Eukerwitz, Andrew Valla, Beaten Down Brian, PrettyGoodPrinting.com, Rico Torreno, Joar, Hello, Mark Seliga, Best of the Rest Podcast, John Higme, Call Me by Your Game Podcast, Clint Farley, Drew Waronis, Dan Vallone, Ted Riser, Steve Bamdad, Purebred Number Six, Clemens. Zobel, Star Killer, Chris, Spider Dance, Spiral in Your Eyes, Prethem Yarligata, and Thomas. All right, Janet, ready for round two? And please join us for Trivia Tower, the Buddy System Edition.
3: Buddy System System. system.
0: <laughs> Beautiful. Thanks so much, everybody. Be good. Have fun. Let's go.